Free Talk Live. We are kicking off another program where you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything. The number is 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. So enjoy those uh, features that we have there. The other talk show hosts in the industry, most of them want to charge you for their websites. We give you more for free than they'll charge you for. See what I mean by going to freetalklive.com. You'll also see that the main feature of the site allows you, the listener, to influence the stuff that we might just talk about on the radio by submitting show prep suggestions uh, to the site. It's a pretty simple process. You just find a link online that you uh, that you like, and you submit it to the, uh, the through our form on the website. In fact, coming up here, I think probably sometime this weekend, we're going to be adding a neat little feature to the site that will make it so you can have what they call a bookmarklet. And bookmarklet? Yeah, you take this uh, bookmarklet thing and you drag it into your browser's um, bookmark tabs area. Yeah. And then whenever you are on a, let's say you're on a news article or a YouTube video or something that you think is pretty cool and you want to put it on Free Talk Live, uh, you want to put it on our website for our listeners to vote on, what you would have to do if you didn't have the bookmarklet is you'd have to copy the URL, you'd have to go to freetalklive.com, you'd have to go to submit show prep and then fill in the URL and fill in the title. That's too much trouble. It's a lot of work. So this bookmarklet well, that far. The, the bookmarklet allows you to eliminate all that. If you've got the bookmarklet on your uh, your taskbar thing or whatever the bookmarks area, you just click that whenever you're on a page you want to share on freetalklive.com. So if you're if you're looking at the page, you just click the bookmarklet and it takes you to freetalklive.com and it fills in all that stuff for you. So Amazing. I've tested it. I know it works. We haven't put it up on the site. If you want to know when it's there, get on our news updates list. Go to uh, news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up for that. And you'll know first when you can add the bookmarklet to your web browser. Make it even easier to get interactive over at freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us uh, again at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. We're going to start out with a special guest who I've been looking to talk with for a while now, and we haven't gotten him on um, because of legal issues. His name is George Donnelly. He has called the program in the past, but unfortunately you've been held to silence uh, for, well, reasons regarding the federal government coming after you for videotaping outside of a federal courthouse. George, uh, are you with us from Philadelphia? Do we have George Donnelly? George going once? George in Philly? Are you there? George going twice. Tell you what, we'll, uh, we'll try putting him back on hold. Maybe we lost his, uh, his phone line. But to give our listeners uh, some level of information about what, uh, what happened to George, he was, uh, we've talked a lot about Julian Heichlin. Uh We mentioned him last night on the show. 78-year-old man who uh, has been traveling around the country going to different federal courthouses and standing out front. Uh, on so-called public property, and handing out uh, fully informed jury association information, informing jurors uh, or potential jurors of their right to nullify bad laws by simply uh, choosing a not guilty verdict, even in the face of uh, overwhelming evidence. It doesn't matter what the the evidence the, the state has. If you disagree with the law itself, for instance, the war on drugs, you can just vote to acquit. And that's what jury nullification is all about. Well, uh... Julian Heikland, as I say, has been going around the country touring, if you will, uh, explaining to people what FIJA is, the Fully Informed Jury Association, explaining to them what jury nullification is. And uh, so on one of his legs of his tour, where he's been arrested multiple times, by the way, uh, on one of his legs, he was in Allentown, I think it was Pennsylvania, and George had come out uh, to support 
Julian as one of the local activists from the Philly area. Sure, that's happening all over for Julian. When it, when he goes someplace, the the activists who happen to be in nearby will uh, will support him. They'll uh, they'll bring cameras and and do whatever. Now, George is also uh, somebody who's planning on making the move to New Hampshire in order to be a, an activist for liberty up here, as uh, the three of us have. We've uh, moved up here as part of the Free State Project. George was planning on moving to, as I understand it, moving to New Hampshire the following day uh, after, or not the following day, but the week after, I think, that mm-hmm. uh, Julian was doing his outreach there. And I think we actually have him here. George, uh, in, yes. uh, you, you're with right. us. Yes. Hi, guys. Uh, How are you? Excellent. Good day. Good to have you. Doing well. And uh, you, it's nice that uh, you're not in a cage. So I guess yeah. that's, you know, much better that way. Positive number <laughs> one. Uh, so let's pick up the story where I was kind of telling into it here. You were out uh, with Julian Heiklin in Allentown, Pennsylvania, out front of the federal courthouse there. You'd done this before, not in Allentown, but in Philly, where you brought your video camera out. And you got some really choice footage of some thug cops uh, just in th- threatening you, threatening to shove the video camera down, down your throat. Your throat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's some good stuff. And, and if folks missed that video footage, it's still up on your website, georgedonnelly.com, right? Yes, that's right. It's still there. So you can go and you can you can listen to and watch when uh, I've actually got the clip here. It's one of my favorites. If you get too close to me with that camera, I'll take it out of your hand and ram it down your throat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just doesn't get. Better than that. Uh, so, George, so what happened in Allentown? How is it different? Uh, what went down? Because, I mean, this is really, I don't, know if, I don't know if this is an exclusive, but it's certainly the first time I've heard the story from you. Well, uh, it just started off bad. First of all, the uh, court security officers that came out uh, just were rude, you know, just excessively rude and provocative. And Julian, uh, at all these previous, one, um, you know, uh, pamphleting events, had always asked for the names of these court security officers and hardly ever got them. So for some reason, he was in a kind of a little bit of bad mood. He was kind of furious. And so, um, the, you know, the two sides, they just kind of played off each other. Um, one of the court security officers who was particularly nasty, uh, when Julian said that, um, you know, that this was his property, the federal property was his, uh, the guy uh, took a quarter and put it in his shirt pocket and says, you know, here you go. Here's your money back. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, one of the, 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 an old man, uh, court security officer came over to me and started chatting with me, you know, says, are you having fun? You know, and what are you guys doing? And, uh, you know, I tried, you know, I tried, tried to tell him, you know, we're not doing anything wrong. Uh, we don't have any bad intentions. Um, you know, we're just here to, to give out information. And uh, I turned my camera on him, and uh, that's that's what set it off. He uh, he grabbed my camera, um, and uh, I I just um, you know the, the security guards in Philadelphia had uh, cut my hand actually trying to do that, and um, you know it wasn't the first time somebody had either tried or threatened to take my camera, mm-hmm. and so I I just held on to it. Um, I closed the um, the um, you know the the side view window on the camera so it wouldn't get broken. Right. And uh, you know all hell broke loose. He he wouldn't let go either. So um, he finally did let go. You know, but uh, more court security officers came out. U.S. marshals came out, and I, I grabbed the camera between both my hands and put it between my knees and grabbed it with my legs too. So, you know, I was bent over. I, I couldn't even see what, saw, see what happened after that. 
But uh, they piled on me. They had a hard mm. time getting me down, but they finally uh, knocked me off balance. And, uh, you know, once they had me on the ground, they finally got the camera out of my hands. Um, wow. They really are yeah, acting Marshall. like it's a weapon. I mean, they're treating it like you pulled a rifle on them. Yeah. You know, that's, how they're, that's how they're behaving. And, and maybe to them it is. I mean, it's, you know, oh, you're, we're going to be exposed for what we really are, you know. Well, in court, um, they, they pretended in their official statements that they didn't know what I had in my hands, you know, between my legs. And that it could have been a bomb or something. And so they had to do, oh, you know, they had to take me down by whatever means necessary. Wow. And you were actually charged with assault on a federal uh, officer. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. After, after they, they took me down, uh, Marshall got in my face. He wouldn't let me get up. He got in my face and, uh, you know, just yelled at me. And, uh, you know, after a while, they let me get up. And so, and they, they, they went inside, they conferred, they, they, they didn't cuff me or anything. So I pulled out a, uh, a document that I got from Homeland Security telling them, it's an do- internal document saying how they're supposed to treat photographers. And I read it out loud to them. And uh, while I was doing that, I noticed that uh, basically uh, all of downtown Allentown that was nearby this courthouse had kind of stopped and was watching the spectacle. <laughs> I'll tell you what, George, uh, you can stick with us, right? Because I want you to make sure, sure. you got enough time to tell this whole story. So more with George Donnelly, uh, one of the liberty activists out there that uh, was assaulted, attacked, uh, physically harmed, uh, and thrown in a cell because he dared record some government bureaucrats on so-called public property. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com PK. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. We invite you to our website. Uh, We've got a bulletin board system there. You can go to bbs.freetalklive.com and get interactive. Uh, There are a lot of posts over there, though. uh, Last night I decided to go on a purge. And uh, I went in and I cleaned out uh, a good chunk of... Uh, super, uh, the majority of uh, the posts, I, I just sliced out, uh, and did some rearranging, deleted a couple of old forums that uh, hadn't been there, promoted Boner Joe to uh, Global Moderator. God, it's, and- it's going to be complete chaos in the uh, BBS now. <laughs> you just did this without asking anybody? Just click. Well, I talked about doing a purge uh, a no, little no, while back. No, no, I meant back. the promoting of Boner Joe. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, what, like, what what is the what is involved in the actual purge again? I mean, aside from promoting Boner Joe, just and- getting rid of old messages. I got rid of any posts that hadn't been any thread that hadn't been posted to in 500 days. Uh, within a, not all the whole forum, but are they archived some somewhere or are they just gone? No, nah, they're gone. Oh wow! Gone. I mean, okay. you might be able to pull them up at archive.org, which is a website that oh. archives every website on the internet. I don't know how they wow. do it. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but uh, they they do it. 
There's, so, a, there's some kind of super intelligence forming inside that machine right now, I'm sure. Maybe. Uh, but uh, so just, <laughs> you know, there's been, there's, Skynet is forming in that machine. <laughs> there's been some reorganization over at the BBS. So if you haven't stopped in in a while, uh, you might want to drop by over at bbs.freetalklive.com. As we uh, continue here with George Donnelly, uh, well, we actually will in a moment, but first... That's right. Uh, go to um, get your liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. Do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different liberty sayings. You can check them out. Let your voice be heard at libertystickers.com. I have to go over there, as a matter of fact, and get some for, for my car. Uh, the, the old one, well, broke down, and I need to get some new ones for the new cars. Libertystickers.com. Just days before his planned move to uh, New Hampshire with uh, himself and I believe his family as well, uh, George Donnelly was arrested and attacked by federal agents out in front of a federal courthouse for daring to have a video camera, apparently, and daring to point it at one of said federal uh, agents. George, are you still with us? Oh, yeah, still here. So they literally piled upon you, uh, and this was after one of the agents grabbed for your camera. They're charging you with assault. Uh, And do they have, I mean, do they have any, any evidence whatsoever that you, you know, swatted at one of them or something like that? I mean, what? Seems- oh, yeah, they have golden evidence. They have uh, written statements from the uh, same marshals ah. and court security officers who participated. Right, and they would never tell a lie, so <laughs> clearly. Yeah, is there, wow. they're Boy Scouts. Is there uh, any video evidence of, of what went on? I mean, or was your camera just stuck between your legs? Well, um, my camera, they, they deleted my footage. They deleted um, your footage? These yeah, people they that knew that they were going to... My cameras- and they deleted my footage. Yeah. They, 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 they're going to take you to court, and they deleted your footage. I mean, I, you can't believe that. They destroyed evidence. These people have committed a felony. Well, it's not a felony if they do it. There really is this, this – it does seem like there's this sense with the federal uh, agents that they, they have no notion of human rights. There's no notion that – they really just have this notion of they can do whatever they want and – you're just supposed to obey them explicitly, Good Lord. without question. So once they arrested you, what happened then? Uh, they took me into their um, a federal building there. Um, they put me in a in a cage. They, um, you know, they. I heard them in the next room. Uh, they raised the fuss. You know, they. I know they checked out my website and looked at some of my previous videos because. Uh, they thought it was hilarious that when marshals in uh, Trenton took my picture, I said, cheese. <laughs> uh, that night, they took me to um, Lehigh County Jail. Uh, it was uh, bearable. The next day, they took me to the Federal Detention Center in Philadelphia. Uh, it was suggested I could probably get out on bail, but um, they insisted that I give up my passport, my firearms, and uh, couldn't be done that day. So I, that night they put me into an orange jumpsuit and they put me into uh, the the uh, the hole there in the federal detention center. Wow! Yeah. Now describe the hole. What is that? The hole is uh, they call also call it the shoe. That's the place where they put people in solitary confinement for 23 hours a day. Hmm. Uh, there's very limited access to the outside world. Uh, you can't see out the windows. Um, it's pretty nasty. So you were in there for how long? I was in there for one uh, very freezing night. Oh, my gosh. How cold was it? 
Yeah, I have no idea. I couldn't sleep. I, I shivered all night. Oh, gosh. Did they, they, did they just they... don't give enough clothing or blankets. Wow. It's just so inhumane how uh, they treat uh, people. They treat human beings. And in this case, you know, you hadn't harmed anybody. They, you know, you just hurt their feelings, I guess, because they hate, they hate video cameras. Uh, so any other notable uh, events from uh, jail or you're pretty much just alone the whole time and, and that was it? Well, I, I made some uh, friends with guys who were in there for victimless crimes. Uh, one gentleman uh, had entered uh, the country without the right papers for a second time. They mm. caught him, so he's facing five years. Um, it was, um, you know, I just had to turn off my, my emotions in order to be in there. It was uh, the most horrifying and desperate place to be. I, I couldn't wait to get out of there. Uh, in, the, in order to get out of there, I, I gave up my passport. I gave up my guns. I even agreed to wear an ankle monitor and um, be under wow. house arrest for six weeks. It was, uh, you know, it was just nasty. So house arrest, what, it, uh, what is that like? What, you couldn't leave the home except to go to the store, or what, what are the terms on that? Yes, in court I begged the judge to let me go out three times a week in order to buy food because my wife at the time didn't have a driver's license. So uh, that's about the only thing I was allowed outside to do. Amazing. It was very stressful. And it was only because originally the, the marshals cooked up the, uh, the felony charge of striking a, uh, the court security officer. Um, later, when, the, when a prosecutor got to look it over, he reduced those charges, but uh, that oh, really? wasn't until six weeks later. Yeah, I was wondering about that because what I'd heard about your case was that you ended up taking a plea bargain, and I thought you plead to a, if you plead to a felony, that's going to be pretty serious. But uh, it was what did it end up being? A violation, a misdemeanor? What happened? It ended up being a uh, parking ticket level thing called a CFR. What's that? They, that's it's like an administrative regulation, and in hmm. my case, the one that they wanted me to plead to was disobeying a lawful order of uh, law enforcement because they, they claim that they told me to give up the camera or to stop filming but the only thing that they uh, ever told me to do or they sorry they didn't tell me to do anything they just kept repeating that uh, it was illegal to film mm-hmm. you know and even if they had that's see this is you know this whole disobeying a lawful order that's actually written up fairly detailed where I've seen it, at least, and that might be the New Hampshire law that I'm thinking of, but I, I bet it's similar elsewhere, is that but, you know, a lawful order is when you're ordered to do something because in the, there is reasonable expectation you're about to break a law, like ordering you to leave because they think you're about to break a law. I'll tell you what, George, uh, you can stick with us, right? Sure. Hang on. More with George Donnelly here. His website, georgedonnelly.com. Uh, you can watch some of his videos that he was able to take before the police stole his camera and uh, deleted footage from it. More uh, coming up here at 800-259-9231. Perhaps you have a question for George. Uh, you're welcome to dial in as well with that. This is Free Talk Live. You've got the world's greatest Labor Day barbecue set to go. And then you run out of gas. Don't risk running empty. Change cylinders quick and easy with Amerigas. Visit Amerigas.com slash radio and enter your zip code to find one of 27,000 locations near you. And while you're there, print out the $5 rebate coupon. That'll buy another steak. Keep the grill fired up. Visit Amerigas.com slash radio.
Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free and bring up anything. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Uh, we give you the features on the site there free. So enjoy those uh, on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And uh, don't forget, uh, if you are looking to get some court stuff done, if you don't want to hire an attorney, what can you do, Mark? Well, you could use Jurisdictionary.com. It is a course that I've taken myself. It, uh, I, I find, I find it to be very informative. I think that uh, it, w- I think it'll help you. Uh, it seems that uh, this course was designed by a doctorate in jurisprudence uh, to help people that don't have attorneys take their cases to court, maximize winning, and uh, it's a four CD course that the average eighth grader can go through in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. It's great course, Jurisdictionary.com. All right, we've got George Donnelly with us, uh, his website, georgedonnelly.com. He had been uh, following around, uh, working with a gentleman that we've talked about a lot on this program, Julian Heiklin, who's a 78-year-old man that's been doing fully informed jury association outreach in front of federal courthouses and been arrested multiple times. And, George, they decided they were going to arrest you as well out in Allentown as you were daring to videotape, uh, use your video camera and record these cops, these federal cops on so-called public property. Uh, They grabbed your camera. You didn't want to let go. They then piled upon you. Uh, They arrested you. They put you in the hole in a federal detention facility, the same place where they keep people who are going to be deported and things like that. Uh, it was incredibly cold in there. You stayed awake all night shivering, and then you did whatever it took to get out, which meant agreeing to be on house arrest, agreeing to turn over your guns, agreeing to turn over your passport. Uh, have I left anything out? Um, that's about it. Well, I also had to do a drug test. Oh, boy. I couldn't leave uh, what they call the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. Wow. It was pretty crazy. So, uh, and this was for six weeks while you awaited trial. All the entire time you thought they were charging you with a felony. Later you discover, was it in court when they told you that they were dropping the the, the count? Or was it kind of a deal that they cut with you? How did that work out? No, the thing is they couldn't show probable cause for the the felony charge. So they they had to do that within 14 days, and Mm. they couldn't. So they, they canceled their probable cause hearing. And uh, wait a, a month second. later, they, were, they well, they soon filed new charges, and then a month I had to wait a month after they dropped the charges in order to appear for the new ones and get these uh, really onerous restrictions uh, off my life. Now, this probable cause, uh, what kind of probable cause is there for striking a, 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 what, a court official or something like that? I mean, when you strike somebody, you don't necessarily always leave a bruise. That, I mean, what kind of probable cause would they have to show? I really don't know. Okay. They didn't they show it, whatever it. it was. So so they actually brought the, the charge down to what you called a, a CFR, sounds like some sort of a federal violation. Uh, yeah, disobeying a lawful order, one of the you know catch-alls, essentially. Well, we told you to do jumping jacks, and you didn't do it. Uh, and we're so, in charge. Yeah. Well, and, they, they got really smart. They, they, put it, they changed it to a misdemeanor assault on federal property charge, and then they added two of these parking ticket level charges. So even if I were to win on the uh, the assault charge in a trial, the judge could easily, because he, he's the same one that filed the complaint, or sorry, signed the complaint against me. He he works in that federal building. The, the marshals protect him. So he could easily say, 
well, you know, the assault thing's too much, but, you know, i got to protect my marshals, you know, because they protect me, and so I'm going to find them guilty on the uh, the parking ticket stuff. Yeah, so this was a guarantee appeal um, uh, no matter what, because you're dealing with the judge that essentially signed the order. This should have never been at this courthouse in the first place. Exactly. Crazy. So at what point did you decide that you were going to take the plea, uh, the plea deal? Um, almost as soon as they offered it, you know, mm-hmm. I... Uh, I, uh, it was, it was, you know, I have a family and, uh, it just, uh, the whole thing was so hard. I just wanted to be out from under it. And I, my lawyer wasn't uh, confident that we could win on all the counts. And so, you know, I didn't see any point in, you know, in fighting in their kangaroo court just to get the same thing that I could get via plea deal. And what was the deal? So-called. The deal was just to, to plead guilty to that uh, disobeying a lawful order and uh, legitimize the two days I spent in jail mm-hmm. and then uh, pay a fine. And the, the judge uh, decided to give me a $500 fine. Are you going to pay? Yeah, I kind of have to because if not, they're, they're going to issue a bench for it and the whole thing starts all over oh again. Oh, my gosh. So so uh, so what have so if they if you don't pay a federal fine then uh, then in this case a court judgment fine then what does that mean what is there another charge that they hit you with at that point no it, it, the plea deal is 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 dead and then they can start with the, the old charges all over again so the reason that he took the plea bargain begins all over and, and you know you might have, he's he has to pay it what a nightmare yeah what an I mean it's, it's not justice it um and it's not meant to be the the only if if there's going to be justice in the in the court systems it's going to be dispensed when it's given between two sort of people of equal socioeconomic uh, standing mm-hmm. um who can go at it with their lawyers or whatever when you're when you're going against the government in government courts there's nothing like justice so george uh, obviously we've heard that you were planning on making the move to new hampshire the following week after you were arrested obviously the house arrest uh, kind of put a dampener on that uh, what are your plans at this point are you still planning on making the move or has that been uh, interminably delayed or what's the status well our plan was to uh, build a house and um you know the windows kind of passed on that on that now that uh fall's approaching mm-hmm. so we're going to try again in may so I guess that's probably uh, the last time you'll be going out to the federal courthouse to support Julian. Are you are you planning on doing more activism between now and May? What's how do you feel about that? Yeah, I definitely plan on doing more activism. Absolutely, there's no way I'm going to stop. This only motivated me more. Really? Okay. Uh, to see, you know, it's I got to see how the sausage is made, kind of a thing, and it's it's absolutely disgusting, and it's motivating. It it makes me so sad and so angry to see. How people in jail are being treated it's it's kind of like the new slavery um, these this thing that that passes for justice in uh around these parts these days is it's a joke it, it's 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 such a nasty and cruel joke you know that's a that's an area where I really want to get more active is just in trying to morale boosting things for people in jail. And part of it is that so many of those people are not criminals at all in the first place and don't belong there. And the ones who probably do deserve to be in jail or, or not so much deserve to be in jail but need to be there to keep people safe and or whatever, um, the people who are there maybe legitimately, they're still being treated in such an inhumane way that's not likely to cause them to be better people when they get out. And uh, And so it's just – it's an area where I would like to do some activism and I've – 
Just really, and you know, and lately I'm a, now I'm like banned from the jail because I protested there. Well, so. we, we went and we uh, we waved at some of the prisoners and uh, right. raised their spirits, and then they arrested a dozen. They called of us it for a it. protest. I really thought of it as a rally, a morale rally. Yeah. You know, I was there to raise the morale of Russell specifically, mm-hmm. but also other people there. They many seemed to of enjoy whom, our presence. They did. Yeah. They they really. I mean, I didn't get any negative reactions. Uh, and uh, well, uh, there was it, the one guy in the basketball court. There was some in the basketball court who probably thought we were making fun of them or something. Yeah. I don't think they understood that we were there, you know, honestly asking how they're doing and everything. And uh, but for the most part, the people were, you know, holding peace signs or, you know, uh, well, George. And, I'm glad to hear that you're you're planning on continuing to do activism. Uh, please, you know, be careful uh, about it, obviously, and and hopefully more people can come out and support you. I know that uh, Liberty on Tour just passed through your area, and I think I saw some pictures of you uh, meeting up with uh, Adam and Pete. Was was that you that I saw? Oh yeah, yeah. We did a mo- uh, video about the uh, move tragedy in Philadelphia mm-hmm. uh, twenty. 25 years ago. Oh, that's right. I did see that. Uh, and that was incredibly outrageous what they did to those people. Uh, they, they essentially firebombed a group of folks that weren't being cooperative enough with the, with the government. They blew up one of their, they dropped a C4 on their building or something. That's Whoa. right. It was outrageous uh, what, what happened. George, can you stick with us a little bit further? I want to talk about uh, Liberty on Tour and, uh, and you know, getting people more active uh, in other areas besides just New Hampshire. More coming up. You take control at 800-259-9231 because I think if more people, and I'll see if George agrees with this, if more people were there the day George was arrested, I don't know if he would have been arrested. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Uh, we will uh, give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, those features include things like our listening options. We've got live streams. Uh, you've got uh, broadband and dial-up versions. Plus, our listen lines allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen around the clock. All of it over there at listen.freetalklive.com. George Donnelly is with us here, and uh, georgedonnelly.com is his website. George, are you still there? Sure. So we've had you uh, telling this uh, just grueling story of how you were enjoying a day of activism out front of a federal courthouse in Allentown, Pennsylvania, supporting Julian Heichlin and his fully informed jury association activism. You had your video camera out as you had before in Trenton and Philadelphia. Uh, the cops had gotten in your face prior to this, but this time they physically uh, came after you. One of them grabbed your camera. You didn't really want to let it go. They then piled on top of you. They arrested you, put it, uh, put you in a the, the hole at a federal detention facility. You uh, were freezing cold all night long, finally uh, did whatever it took to get out, which meant agreeing to a house arrest, which you were on for something like six um, over six weeks until finally they, uh, they dropped some charges, changed things around a little bit, and you... Uh, took a plea deal just to get it all over and done with, which essentially resulted in you being sentenced to time served, the two days in jail, 
plus a $500 fine. Uh, and I don't think anybody can blame you for uh, for taking that way out. And as you said, even if you hadn't taken the plea deal, uh, then you would have gone to, to court and likely would have been found guilty anyway because the, right. system, the system's rigged. Yeah, the trial was interesting because uh, the prosecutor brought up terrorism is the justification for all of this and the judge brought up oklahoma city as the justification <laughs> well, was, now wait why was there a trial if you took a plea, uh, plea i'm deal? sorry yeah the plea hearing oh so were they lecturing you or something like that or well yeah they were making their cases yeah i guess it was part lecture and part i don't know i don't know i don't understand how they go about their business but uh prosecutor gave a long speech about how terrorism and the uh, Marshals have to investigate, and the judge said, you know, they ha- he has to have a marshal stand in front of the, at the courthouse because of Oklahoma City, even though we would prefer not to. Well, marshals really don't have anything to do with it. I mean, the, the, if the justification for not allowing somebody to videotape or pamphlet at a, a federal building is the fact that somebody could come along and blow it up, then you'd think that the people who came along and blew it up would have had cameras and pamphlets, and they didn't. They had bombs. <laughs> this means that the cops are uh, admitting that they are completely incompetent at their job and can't find can't tell the difference between a pamphleteer and a bomb thrower. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. well, another another interesting thing at trial was that they they first said that they didn't know what I had between my legs and it could have been a bomb. Yeah, well, and then later they admitted that they came out of the building to harass us because I pointed my camera at the building. Well, you could have pulled a bomb out of your back pocket, and uh, <laughs> maybe that was what uh, it was at that point. Yeah. So, so uh, Liberty on Tour, our friends uh, Adam and Pete came through, of course, as you probably have heard, and I don't know if you've seen their video footage yet, but they were arrested in Denver for kind of a similar situation, having, yes, a, video, I saw that. having a video camera near, uh, near a policeman and not, uh, not showing their ID like, uh, like a good little surf would. So, uh, so they, you know, you guys got to hang out while they were in Philly, and some other folks got together with you. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that some, you'll you'll see some more activism there. I mean, to to help back you up, because do you feel things would have gone differently had it been more than just a, what did you have out there the day you were arrested? Four people? How many people were there? Not the- even that. It was just Julian, Jim, Bab, and myself. So three. And I was the only one with a camera. Oh, it's just if if we you definitely needed more people. Absolutely. I mean, do you feel like things would have gone completely differently had you perhaps had a, a number that it was at least uh, on par with the amount of cops they had, perhaps with uh, three to four cameras around? Do you feel the cops would have behaved differently? Potential witnesses. I think I think it would have helped, definitely. I think it would have uh, give, made them, you know, be more cautious. At the same time, uh, you know, there's the marshals. I found out while in prison, the marshals uh, talk and... Um, I think the I think this was payback for the some of the embarrassing footage I got in Philadelphia. Ah, might very well be. So they targeted you uh, specifically. They knew who you likely knew who you were. Had been to your website uh, in advance. Uh, that that sort of thing. It's very interesting. Absolutely. Where did you now? Where did you, are you speculating based on uh, just you know what you think, or was there some sort of evidence to lead you to believe that? As soon as I as, they, as I was put into the uh, cell in Allentown. Uh, they checked my website. I heard them listening to a right. video. How would they know what they, your website is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they knew our schedule because uh, when they took me to prison that night, they said, uh, oh, you have a pamphleting thing in Johnstown, Pennsylvania tomorrow. Well, you're not going to be able to make that. <laughs> and uh, when I got to the Philadelphia Detention Center, they said, uh, oh, you're the guy who uh, you know was filming outside. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, you're a celebrity in here. We know all about you. Interesting. 
We know all about you, Mr. Donnelly. <sighs> So, uh, so you're going to keep the activism going. What I think is most interesting about this, George, is that after everything you've been through, the the physical attack by these thugs, um, throwing you in a, a cold jail cell, spending six weeks on house arrest with incredibly uh, restrictive uh, provisions. After all of this, after the guilt, you know, the guilty finding, you're not giving up on liberty activism. You said it has encouraged you. Well, I have a son. I have a small son, so I have to think about you know what's the world going to be like for him. If, uh, you know, our generation doesn't stand up and make a difference now, how much worse is it going to be for the next one? What's our legacy going to be when we're old, when we're grandparents, when we're on our deathbeds, when our grandkids are saying to us, hey, what did you do during the uh, terror time of the uh, first two decades of this century? You know, where were you? It's a poignant question, and I think a lot of people need to uh, need to focus on that when they get a chance to, to think about it. And be by themselves because I think that's really important what you what you've said there, uh, gents. Any other uh, questions you've got for George Donnelly while we've got him here? So George, do you um do you, you said you were going to build in New Hampshire? Uh, you were thinking about building in New Hampshire when you got up here. Have you picked out the piece of property yet? Or yes, actually, we bought the property uh, last oh, January. It's up in Grafton. Oh, congrats! Thanks. Things are getting pretty interesting up there in Grafton, from what I understand. I'm sure you're aware that uh, there's now a free Grafton.com website with uh, all kinds of interesting video footage and activism going on there. I can't wait to get up there and uh, join all that great work and, uh, you know, blog on on that website and all. Do they have uh, uh, high-speed really internet up in Grafton now? Depends uh, on where you are. I think it's a bit sketchy, yeah, I assume. As I understand so, it. Now, um, are you thinking about any kind of an alternative building? What kind of uh, building are you you thinking about doing up there? Because, uh, you know, I mean, you, you said you were building, right? Yeah, we're going to build uh, like a post and pier uh kind of thing, uh, you know, basic foundation, uh, stick frame, small house, compost toilet, uh, solar energy, um, you know, we're going to do like bio. Energy. Are you doing bio. the uh, passive solar or as well, possibly? Yes, that, yes, that too. Fantastic. George, was there anything else you wanted to share with uh, our audience, something we might have glossed over or uh, something that uh, you wanted to get out there? Well, just one comment about, uh, you know, the protest what dale said about uh you know the uh the state calling it a protest that serves their interest they portrayed what we were doing as a protest as well because you know the word violent uh, you know goes along really easily with the word protest mm-hmm. so uh, right you're you know, actually passing out information it was ridiculous to call that a protest exactly mm-hmm. yes yeah, an outreach that's an outreach exactly as far as i'm concerned Ed- educational outreach George, Another uh, case of controlling the language, you know. Have you picked up your blog yet uh, since you've been out? I mean, or since this, uh, the ordeal has been over? I, I don't know if I've I noticed anything, re- at least recently. Yeah, after, you know, after I found out about the plea deal, I kind of relaxed, and I, I started blogging a lot more. Oh, good. Um, I recovered some of the video they deleted. You did? Uh, yeah, so, but it's oh. just a little bit. So I, I'm going to put together a video pretty soon with uh, information about everything that happened. All right, excellent. I uh, will be on the lookout for that. I uh, look forward to seeing it over at uh, your website, georgedonnelly.com. Uh, thanks for everything that you do for Liberty, George. I uh, appreciate Thank it. You. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that, you know, that are, are watching your situation and are very, uh, you know, they look up to you for, for what you've done, for standing up for the ability to record on uh, so-called public property. Thank you for being on Free Talk Live tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. George Donnelly, uh, georgedonnelly.com. Go and take a look at the guy's uh, videos. I mean, he's done a great job of really revealing these thugs 
for who they really are. And the federal government guys are the worst of the worst. I mean, it seems like. Yeah, that's what I was trying to express earlier. I don't think I expressed myself very well. But, I mean, compared to other agents, like agents of uh, state governments and local governments, it seems like the federal uh, agents in particular are completely non-cognizant of any notion of human rights. Uh, They're any... totally unaccountable. I mean, yeah. the, the local boys, at least, you know, where, uh, you know where they eat, you know where they live, uh, you, know, you know people who know them. And, and if, they're, if they're caught on film, people will you know, know who that is and right. maybe say something to them about it, and there'll be a sense of accountability of some sort. Well, something. also, they, um, the local and state governments have to pay for the things that they do, whereas the federal government prints money. Yep, there's that too. If you get too close to me with that camera, I'll take it out of your hand. And ram it down your throat. Yeah. I don't want to pay for that, do you? Doesn't sound like you thought it was a bomb. <laughs> that was a no. different time, but nonetheless. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, 800-259-9231. Hour two's coming up. You take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online, uh, freetalklive.com. The main feature of the site allows you to actually influence the stuff we might talk about on the air by submitting show prep suggestions to the site. Uh, and at the very least, if it doesn't make it on the air, it'll make it in front of other listeners' eyes because everybody, uh, the li- listeners that uh, visit our website, are interacting together in that you submit a show prep suggestion. Other listeners will look at it and decide whether they like or dislike it, and they'll give it a, an up or down vote. And the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of our website at free freetalklive.com. So head over there and get interactive. As always, much to discuss here tonight. Of course, your phone calls if you make them about anything at 800-259-9231. Let's talk about a man who was doing a little whittling. A little whittling. Something that, uh, you know, tends to be, I guess you don't see it very often these days. People, you know, sitting on their front porch doing some whittling. Got themselves a, a piece of wood and a knife and Carving something. I've seen uh, people do amazing things with just pocket knives. Well, and uh, indeed, that's uh, apparently what uh, one man was doing in uh, uh, Seattle. As- I thought whittling was was like uh, like point, purposely not like carving anything. I thought they were just like shaving pieces off of a stick. I thought it was just no. like a busyness. They I think the definition stuff? of whittling is taking small, um, using a probably a, a specifically a pocket knife, but you, there's probably some other tools that you can use and carving things. Okay. Let's probably uh, 
I didn't know it was goal oriented. I thought it was just ah, I'm just kind of <laughs> like you know, see people who rip paper in the long strips when they're nervous, and and you just like. Shh, shh, shh. I, I guess I'm learning something new now. Maybe <laughs> I'm from Georgia. You'd think I'd know these things. You'd think you know, yeah, right. I'm, well, I was I'm from Florida, but it doesn't mean I was from real Florida. It means I was on the uh, the west coast of Florida. Uh, it's not it's not yeah. real Florida, <laughs> right? Uh, so uh, the, so. <laughs> The story's from Como News at ComoNews.com. A man was fatally shot by police in downtown Seattle on Monday afternoon, according to the police. The shooting occurred uh, wherever in Seattle at approximately 4.15 p.m. Police said an officer was on patrol when he spotted a man sitting on the sidewalk whittling. The officer approached him. The officer told the man to drop the knife several times, police said, but instead of doing so, he stood up. When the man refused to heed his commands... The officer opened fire and hit the man. The unidentified man was fatally injured. Nearby witnesses said they heard as many as five shots being fired. One witness who wished to remain anonymous, probably because they're scared of the police. You'd think that this was a uh, the the you know the the time for say a taser instead of a gun if if you're going to use it. Mm-hmm. Like the first thing to pull here wouldn't be the gun. According to city, don't you think you could stay back just a little bit? Don't you think you can draw your gun faster than this guy with a three-inch pocket knife can pull it out? Don't forget, you've got a bulletproof vest on. Can pull, can uh, stab you with it? I mean, stand back twelve feet. According to the city code, it's unlawful for anyone to carry concealed or unconcealed on his or her person any dangerous knife or carry concealed on his or her person any deadly weapon other than a firearm. The code qualifies any dangerous knife as any fixed blade knife and any other knife having a blade more than three and one half inches in length. The name of the involved officer has not yet been released, but uh, Seattle Police Chief John Diaz did comment on his performance. He said he's considered a very good officer. And he has a good record. The officer involved in the shooting has been placed on paid administrative leave, which means a paid vacation. As is standard in such cases, the incident will be reviewed by what the chief calls a shooting review board. And, of course, we can all predict what the uh, review board will find. They they will find, of course, that uh, the officer was completely justified in what he did. This man was not behaving uh, as most uh, serfs would behave. He did not do as he was ordered to do, and uh, that justifies uh, you know two to the chest and one to the head. And that's what they're that's what they're going to find. That's what they find every, almost every especially when you don't have uh, people complaining enough. Uh, if if they manage to get some com- community organizing organization going on here, and they had five hundred people going to the courthouse or something like that. There might be you know a token punishment given mm-hmm. to the officer, but. Probably. He'll get an award for taking a, a, a violent knife-wielding criminal off the street. Right. This is this is just going to be an administrative thing done in a back room, and bling bling bling, it's over. Let's talk to Ryan in Washington. Ryan, you're on. Free, uh, excuse me, Ray, not Ryan. Ray, you're on Free Talk Live in Washington. Hey guys. Hey, yeah. what's what's on your mind? You know uh, that whittling thing. Of course, whittling. You know, it's an old country thing for just sitting there trying to shave a stick down. Yeah, no, they don't know about all that in uh, Seattle, apparently. Uh, well. You know, you could watch the Beverly Hillbillies back in the old days. <laughs> Jed used to whittle all day. There's a no anyways, whittling. Um, no whittling is allowed in the within city limits. Yeah, you're doggone right. Um, that's not the first killing we've had here recently. They're no, they're mowing them down regularly, and they really? don't uh, they don't really care. If you got a knife, uh, they don't shoot you in the leg. They go right for you. Boom, mm. and they take you down, and they don't waste the bullets either because they ain't paying for them. I can tell you a story in a little town where I live. We're not too far from the coast of Washington State. Mm. And there was a, you know, you got your fellas around town driving old junky vehicle, and 
they maybe collect scrap or whatever, yeah. and maybe they're not all there, but they're good enough to to try to get by on their own. Sure. And we had a we had a fellow like that. He used to take a a fan off of a car, the front fan, and he had it on the top painted, and it'd swirl around. And he'd been around here forever. One day, one of the cops stopped him, and just like this fellow, I don't know if he was you know a little angry or whatever, but he had a knife. It wasn't anything big or anything. They didn't shoot him in the leg. They executed him right there, just like they Gosh. executed that fella. And, uh, you know, when they got their guns, uh, you don't argue with them. Or you're going to be dead. You won't be arguing with nobody. And uh, so I know what you guys say, and, I, and I, like, I like what you're saying, but these guys are killers. Oh, hey, dude, I agree with you, man. You don't mess with a crazy man with a gun. You don't mess yeah, with a man that has, uh, has the ability to literally get away with murder. That's who right. these people are. Licensed to yeah. kill, yeah. No, I had my two my two children who are older now, 20, 27 and 30, when they were out young and fooling around and doing a little party and stuff. They, A cop came up on them and about six other individuals, two cops, and uh, they told my son, who was at the time about 14 years old, to uh, put his hands in the air, and when he didn't, they pulled that gun out and stuck it right to that 14-year-old boy's head. Good now, Lord. Oh, that man. was, a, I believe, a Glock that they did that with. And just about a month after that, they showed a uh, person they had down on the ground down in um, in Las Vegas. And, this, and when I, I went right after the chief of police, and I told him, you know, listen, <laughs> what did you think a 14-year-old boy was going to do? You know, they, nobody had any weapons. They were just kids, you know. Well, you know, these these guys do uh, deal with 14-year-old killers on a relatively regular basis. I mean, so huh. the, it's the truth. Look, I was in prison right. with 14-year-old killers. I'm not saying it's okay. Well, I'm saying that's the way they see your son, that they live in a twisted, sick world that is full of violence, and then the expectation is that somehow they're going to serve our needs by protecting us. They, I don't think they do that much uh see that well, you say fairly the, I, regularly i don't think it's that regular i think i think that's more the exception of what they deal with i think most of the people they're dealing with are not that dangerous and violent uh i don't think country I'm, I'm a long ways from from uh, parking meters i'm a long ways from parking meters guys mm-hmm. <laughs> i heard you say that yesterday but uh, you know the the thing is that there was there was no reason for it but what i was going to say when I, when I told the police officer, that, the head of the police chief here in our town, in Aberdeen, who did this, when I told him, you know, that gun could have misfired, and he said, no, they don't misfire. Yeah. And then about... Our cops don't two, make mistakes. <laughs> two months later, they had a guy down in Las Vegas with the same Glock. They had him down on the ground, and a woman, uh, the, uh, a woman police officer was holding the gun, up, and it misfired and shot mm. a bullet right next to him in the sidewalk. Oh my I gosh. think that was caught on video, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It, it was, was a freaky. famous incident. It was like, and I, it, you know, I mean, you really... It's, yeah, it's it could, I mean, a, a few, like a, a foot a foot to the side, and it would have blown his head off. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. these guys are killers, and there's no... You know, that's why I say you, you really got to watch it. I was just listening to that gentleman you had on before, though I admire what he did. I know Allentown, Pennsylvania. I came here from the East Coast in 1979 when I was a young man, and I was just, just a few months ago uh, in Allentown because I had a relative there. I used to go and take care of her twice a year and keep her house up and what have you. It was my mother-in-law, and she finally passed away. So I, I know that area. And, and I can tell you when we were kids down in Cape May, New Jersey, in the Wildwood area, the cops would just beat the car out of us. And we couldn't do nothing about it. It was our word against theirs. And, Ray, uh, did, you find, uh, did you find our show on KBKW just uh, out of curiosity? No, no. Uh, Oh, well, we are, on, on we are on KBKW on Saturday nights. You might want to give them a call and ask for uh, all week long. And I thank you for the call. I appreciate okay. hearing from you tonight.
More coming up. You take control of the airwaves. Uh, This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Dale joining us from anarchyinyourhead.com. You can go and get great uh, liberty-oriented cartoons and some occasional video blogs and other posts by Dale over at anarchyinyourhead.com as we continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Let's go to Corby in Texas. Corby, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Corby. Hey guys, um, hey, I was just reading a story about on your website about the, the Netherlands is closing eight prisons due to lack of criminals, and I tried to do a similar search here, <laughs> and the only time I could find a prison closed here, there was like another prison open in its place. But, you know, here we don't have a we have a steady supply of criminals because they keep writing down words on paper that turn you know law-abiding or innocent you know peaceful people into criminals. They sure do. They actually yeah, shut one down here in New Hampshire that uh, an actual prison shut down, uh, but, you know, it was, it was mostly to do it, due to it being rickety. Oh. No, they, and yeah, they built well, a bigger one. Well, the jail, oh, well, there's a jail, oh, actually, I'm thinking jail. of jails. Yeah, we had a jail shut down and a much bigger jail built. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. And most of the articles I found were lack of space, because, you know, there's, they need more prison. There's not enough, because the inmates are piled and... You know, too many, and they're over capacity, and you know, poor conditions. I found plenty of those articles, but very few on closing because people just started behaving all of a sudden. You know. So, what's happening in the Netherlands? Why are they closing the prisons there? It just said due to the '90s, they overbuilt because there was so much hard, you know, crime was rampant, and by now, you know, things. I guess, you know, perhaps they're they're tolerant drug laws, and they're they're you know, their people, they're, the politicians learn that. You know, as long as people aren't harming anyone else, they shouldn't be really considered criminals. And yep, that's true. It is. The, the, the Netherlands reason, is a place, uh, one of the most tolerant places in the world uh, as far as cannabis is concerned, even uh, magic mushrooms and things like that. Uh, even uh, heroin, they've experimented with uh, with legal distribution of heroin there as well. And we're the land of the free. You know, it's kind of ironic. <laughs> but, uh, I do have one last question. I realize on the air is not the place to ask it, but is there a way to change your password on your website? That is a good question. I, I don't have an immediate answer for you there. Shoot me an email. I'll see if I can figure that out for you. And I thank you. Uh, okay, I, right, I know right, there's like some sort right. of a user panel, but uh, maybe through the BBS. That would be my guess, actually, now that I think of it. Because when you, uh, when you create a, an account over at freetalklive.com, it creates an account for you on the Free Talk Live BBS. I bet I, there's something on your profile page. Yeah, I know for a fact you can change it through the BBS. So that might work. Give that a shot. Let me know how it works out. Uh, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, you can bring up anything. Let's talk to Loring in Florida. Loring, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how are you guys doing this evening? Hey, Loring, what's on your mind? I was calling in to talk about the Liberty on Tour arrest in Denver. Yes, sir. Did you see the video? I did see the video. Folks can go um, to libertyontour.com to see it for yourself. We played some of the audio of the arrest last night. It's just... It's just so such a, a shining example, if you will, of how awful 
of a police state we are living in. Indeed. Uh, you know, I've noticed a lot of times um, that officers will say things to kind of justify in their head what they need uh, to justify asking for your ID. Um, I've seen things like, you know, they say, well, I don't know who you are, or, uh, you know, we have the obligation to find out who you are. Uh, the other evening they said, you've offered to alcohol to people we don't know is underage. Mm-hmm. How's that for grammar? Yeah, it was awful. Um, <laughs> but, but, to, uh, but to be fair, I mean, when you're under pressure and cameras are on you, you might not speak too, uh, too clearly either. Yeah, and, and, you know, I don't think they encounter that too often, people, you know, just refusing to give ID, so they are, sort of have to create this. But um, I think uh, the next question that should follow, you know, because they're basically saying, I'm asking for your ID because I don't know anything. Um, the mm-hmm. next question should be, well, do you have any really reason to believe that, you know, such and such or w- whatever they're accusing you of? Um, and that sort of removes their removes their justification for asking for your ID, I think. Well, the cop would have said, uh, well, we we received complaints that you were giving out free beer. Right, sure. And, you well, know, the, at that the, point, I suppose you could ask for, you know, what is this based on or what do you have evidence? I mean, in the end, they'll probably... You he know, did try to ask that, as I recall. He, uh, I think Adam from yeah. Liberty on Tour asked a similar question when the cop re- uh, responded with that. And the cop basically just moved right along and said, "Well, we don't. We're not going to. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah. We're going to talk about you giving me ID right now." It's just like when right. I was uh, in the the city council chambers, refusing to uh, hand over the beer uh, the beer bottle that I had in my hands, uh, th- th- and uh, I asked a question about because the cop was was demanding that I hand it over and was demanding that I leave, and I asked a question about, right. well, you know, well, I don't even remember what my question was, but essentially he said, "We're not going to argue about that." Uh, I need to see this and that, or you need to do this and that, and they just move yeah. right along. Sometimes they choose to follow the little rules that they've uh, that they've set that the government has set down for them, and sometimes they don't. And when they don't, there's really not much you can do about no, it. No, you're going to get arrested if you don't jump to it and, and do whatever. It's it is not they like say. the government is going to crack on. down on police officers that break the laws that the government has made for it. Just so. get on video and make the police officer look like an, an ass on video. You know, it's, yeah, they did that at, over at Liberty on Tour. They certainly yeah, succeeded. Just get that. That's that's the only accountability you're really going to get is like public embarrassment. That's that's about the that's and about that's the only tool happen. we have. You if know. you think about it, that's not going to happen in this case because it's Denver, right? Right. I mean, yeah. The people of Denver are not going to see this video for the most part unless they happen to be Liberty activists in Denver. Well, it's it's uh, valuable that um, people can see. You know, the the more police uh, sort of overreaching and uh, acting like they're in charge and you're a second class citizen and you'll do what they say, mm-hmm. sort of acting like taskmasters, as it were. The more of that there is, then the more people say wow this is, agree this is out of control and then people will pick up and cumulatively move to sure so. mark I, I agree with what you're saying there but as far as making a change in denver is concerned it's not gonna have a dent nope no i, I yeah i think it's i think it's a case where there's that's why i say i've said before that we may end up with some of the best police in the country here because we are creating like a a, a structure of accountability of some sort you know, we're publicizing a lot about the police here. There's like They're a really, a really massively yep. growing cop watch organization. And so, what we really will, I think, have the closest thing you can get to peace officers uh, in a state society. You know, in a in a society where there is this omnipotent, nearly omnipotent state. You know, Loring, do you have other thoughts for us? Yeah, I, I just I think you know I I mean it's not going to prevent you from from getting arrested, but it, you might be able to set up some sort of legal standing if you were to take your case to court. And uh, you know, Market said that asking uh, is that a lawful order to an officer who asks for your ID is probably not going to be that effective. So I'm trying to come up with things that might be a little more effective than just putting ideas out there. 
uh, you might as well put ideas out there um, in that. You know, people. Yet you can have things to say to these officers, but uh, you know, it doesn't seem like it's gonna. It's they're, they're not incantations that ward off the boogeyman. Yep, <laughs> of course not. But thanks, no. Loring, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Dale, to your point about uh, what we've got here in New Hampshire, where activists are making the move every single week. They're coming here. They're getting active in various different ways. It's pretty exciting to think about. I mean, the the idea that Right now, we've really only got a few dozen activists in any given area of New Hampshire. And they're already having an impact. And right. people are still coming. A, a very <laughs> disproportionately large impact. Yeah. I mean, we, like you said, Mark, in the very beginning, when you were here the, in, initially, when we'd first moved, you had a situation where you were recording a cop on the street and they freaked out about it. Yeah. But that doesn't happen anymore in Keene, New Hampshire. No. So that there's been progress in that yeah. area. Police expect to be recorded. They, uh, you know, and and they conduct themselves accordingly. Toll free number here tonight: eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Imagine what will change when there are more activists in a given area than there are government bureaucrats. I think that's going to be a, a very <laughs> interesting time. You can take control. Bring up what you want. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And this is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's, helping bring your family together with wholesome dinner options, even on the busiest of nights. Find dinner table ideas to bring your family together at letsfixdinner.com. To get kids involved in dinnertime conversation, ask specific questions, not broad ones. Instead of what happened today at school, try what was the best thing that happened today. The more specific you are, the more they'll have to say. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This free talk live EU can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and the features include our archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download last week's worth on the front page. Click into the archive section and you will find years' worth of archives there. Head on over to freetalklive.com and know this. The archives are brought to you by HostGator. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com. as the uh, portal we've set up there. Use that portal. You get your first month completely free of web hosting at hostgator.freetalklive.com. They're a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name or .anything for that matter. You can create your very own website, whether it's a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website they make it easy for you with website builder builder tools and templates go check it out at hostgator.freetalklive.com all right we're here we're going to take your phone calls if you make them 800-259-9231 oh and we've got the answer for changing your password on the website you just click your name up in the top right when you're logged in and then you click edit and that should bring you to the account information. It uh, should be fairly straightforward from that point. So uh, head on over to freetalklive.com and enjoy all of our features there. You will find that they are for free. So since we're talking about weapons, we've kind of got a uh, weapon-oriented uh, discussion going on here with the whittling man being shot to death in Seattle for whittling. And, uh, of course, not obeying, really. That's the reason why he was shot to death, because he didn't do exactly what the man with the gun and the badge uh, told him to do. 
In the case in uh, Philadelphia, there's some news about nine men that have been arrested in the last two years there in the city, uh, including four of them being security guards who are carrying guns legally. And they were arrested and held uh, for various lengths of time. Uh, according to the men, only one of their guns has been returned. Each of the uh, this is a story from the Philly dot com. Eight of the men said that they were detained by the police. Two of them for eighteen hours each. Two were hospitalized for diabetic issues while in custody. One of whom was handcuffed to a bed. Charges were filed against three of the men, only to be withdrawn eventually by the district attorney's office. The Civil Rights Unit of the City Solicitor's Office confirmed that it's handling eight such cases. Two of the men interviewed by the Daily News said they rejected settlement offers from the city ranging from $3,500 to $7,500. Wow. One of them accepted a $5,000 offer. Most of the cases hinge on what local authorities called the Florida loophole, under which a Pennsylvania resident can obtain a non-resident permit to carry a concealed weapon through the mail from another state, even without a permit in Pennsylvania. The loophole is unpopular with Philadelphia cops who say it allows those denied a permit here or whose permits were well, everybody's denied a permit there because it's almost impossible to get uh, get a gun in a major city. Is that right? I I don't know I'm much just about guessing. That. It's probably difficult. I certainly know it's it near you impossible mean to get in New York. one legally. Right. Right. Um, getting a right. gun is probably not the, difficult the, at these all. These stupid permits only keep people that are trying to follow the law from getting guns. Sure. I mean, it's illegal for me to own a gun because I am a convicted felon. But come on. Really? I mean, listen to me, people. Are you that dense that you don't think I can go out and get a gun if I want one? I mean, really, if I want to commit a crime tonight, (laughs) I can have a gun in an hour and I can go commit that crime. All you're doing is preventing the people that I might commit it against from from defending themselves. Pretty much uh, because criminals don't follow the law (laughs) by definition. Stupid. Well, anyway, they uh, according to the story here, the, the cops don't like this loophole because it allows those who've been denied a permit uh, or whose permits were revoked to circumvent Philadelphia authorities and obtain it elsewhere. But proponents say it's necessary because Philadelphia has unusually strict criteria for obtaining concealed carry permits. So you were right, Mark. Uh, Philadelphia... It's an easy guess, right? According to police and gun owners, relies heavily on a clause that allows denial of a permit based on character and reputation alone. So we don't like the way you look. Yeah, you you don't get you don't get the gun. Well, what's the reputation? You have to have ten letters from uh, people with PhDs and uh, and members of the clergy. I mean, you know, good question. Proponents say it's necessary because Philadelphia has unusually strict criteria. Uh, the, th- the men interviewed by the Daily News had varying reasons for seeking non-resident permits from Florida or other states, including it's just easier having been denied a Philly permit because of unpaid parking tickets. Sorry, you don't get to defend your family because you didn't pay a parking ticket. I mean, that's how absurd these people are. Well, these are. guys were security guards, weren't they? Most Some of them, them were. Okay. Some of them. I don't think all of them were. I think four of the nine I see. Uh, were security guards. But who cares? Well, you, you can't have a gun because you didn't pay a ticket? You were suggesting that they were trying to defend their families. If they're security guards, they have guns for different reasons. They're trying to... Whatever. Know, they can't the carry a gun for whatever reason. I mean, security guards have families too, right? Look, as far as I'm concerned, everybody should be able to carry a gun. Yeah. I think it's a right... Some say that uh, they carry a Florida permit because it's recognized by more states than a Pennsylvania one. Uh, two of the security guards say they were on the job when their guns were taken and that they were holding licenses issued by the state police to security officers under Pennsylvania's Act 235, the Lethal Weapons Training Act. Despite following the law, 
all of the men said they were treated like criminals by city cops who either ignored their rights or didn't know the laws. Gee, what a shock. Surprise, surprise, surprise. The government agents themselves, the men who are tasked with so-called enforcing the laws, the law enforcement officers, as they are called, don't even know what laws they're enforcing. And these uh, these fellows, when they make these mistakes, they don't pay a price. That's right. They're, so the their incentive is to make the mistake. Put the sure. guy in jail, handcuff him to a bed while he's having a diabetic, uh, going into a diabetic coma, because you won't be punished for that. They're not paying that settlement, right. that $5,000 $5, stinking dollars or whatever it is. Uh, that settlement, they're not paying that. So these guys, their union's going to protect them, and all they're motivated to do is to, you know, cover their butts. Fran Healy, a lieutenant special advisor to the police commissioner, acknowledged that some city cops apparently are unfamiliar with some concealed carry permits, but he said it's better for cops to err on the side of caution. Right. It's better for cops to err on the side of throwing people in jail, because after all, that's what we hire them for. We hire them to hassle normal, everyday people who want to protect themselves and their families or, or carry a gun. Because we don't really want people to have guns. The, the rhetoric is that you should. It's better to uh, free one guilty person than to than to send or sorry to 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 set free ten guilty people than to uh, jail or punish one innocent man. Yeah, but that's the rhetoric. That. The government it uses doesn't that rhetoric. Apply. Well, no, that's the, well, that's that's the rhetoric of this whole free country of America. That's that's. You know, right, that's a it's nice awfully, thing to say. It's, it's great. It's a lot of great rhetoric, but the reality is different, obviously. It's, right, right. Uh, and so, officer, here's the quote from the lieutenant, the special advisor. Officer safety comes first. The and, officers weren't in danger. They went and found these people. And not infringing on people's rights comes second. This is the quote from the uh, the police's lieutenant. The officer safety comes first, so we'll just do whatever the f we want to because we think you know as long we're as scared. We can call it off officer right. safety. I mean, after all, a security guard with a gun on his hip is a big danger to our officers walking around with guns right. on their hips. We'll talk. We'll talk a good game about how brave our officers are and how heroic they are. But whenever they can say they're scared, well, that just justifies them doing whatever the uh, the flip they want. Why does officer safety come first? I thought their job was to risk themselves for innocent people oh, to protect innocent silly, people. You silly man! That's what the, you've just you've just fallen for their little uh, line hook. They line, get it and both sinker. ways. They get to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. They get to be the heroes who are out protecting innocent right. people and putting their lives on the line every day. And then the moment like there's there's like all these innocent people dying, getting shot because they have a whittling knife or yep. because of some stupid thing. Because officer safety comes first. I'm sorry, you don't you don't get to be heroes and also be these whiny little pathetic chicken s's chickens yeah. yeah i'm sorry you don't get both that's exactly what they're doing Pick here one if a, if, a, if a little dog runs up and wags its tail oh the officer was justified in blowing your dog's head off because he was scared the heroic officer blew yep. your dog's head off well, because he runs was scared up, i mean the, the evidence in that missouri case was he shot them while they were in cages they shot dogs in, in cages in the their homes. The barking was scary. It was very it's scary. scary barking. He, he didn't know how many dogs there were in the other room. They could have run out at any time. He was scared. Officers scary. They're scared. They're so scared. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. And so, if you scare a cop, you could end up dead. Or in this case, you can end up in a cage for 18 hours as they take your gun and, uh, you know, ruin your life. More coming up. We'll tell you about their stories on the way. Have you been thinking about starting a website? 
I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. show is Free Talk Live. The reason we call it that is because you're free to call in and talk about anything you want. And we're live uh, seven nights a week over at freetalklive.com and on your local radio station and on uh, free-to-air KU Band satellite and on your phone and pretty much wherever we can get the darn show. Uh, go over to uh, freetalklive.com to learn more about your various listening options. Uh, head again over to freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, there are ways for you to do that. One of them is by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of Amazon's profits. Same great Amazon with the same super selection, free super saver shipping, uh, great prices. Head over to amazon.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done and feel good because Free Talk Live is getting a cut. How soon do you want to start teaching that child that's special to you about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it to my son Jack all the time. It's kind of like Rothbard meets Dr. Seuss. It's simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page will make it one of any child's favorites. Go to freemarketunderdog.com, see some samples there, order today. There's a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with coupon code FTL at... FreeMarketUnderdog.com, the book, An Island Called Liberty. All right, we're going to continue here. Take your phone calls. Uh, we talked. We're, we started a story out of uh, Philly, uh, Philly.com, reporting on nine men who have been arrested in the last two years in Philadelphia who are completely legally carrying firearms, but nonetheless, uh, some of them spent 18 hours in jail. Uh, they uh, you know, were charged with these crimes. Eventually, all of the charges ended up being dropped. In fact, the city actually offered them small settlements. But the cops don't like dollars. it. The cops are livid that people would dare carry guns in their city, dare go and get a permit from another state government, and then uh, tout that around as though it's uh, equivalent to the Philly permit. And actually, as the uh, gun guys are saying here, the Florida permit, for instance, is better than the the, the Pennsylvania permit because in Florida there are more states that have reciprocal, reciprocal agreements uh, to honor those uh, to to honor that permit. So if you're a, a security guard or something like that, and four of the nine men are, and sometimes uh, you go across the state line. I mean, Philly's not that that yeah. far. From from Jersey, not that far from Delaware, not that far from New York City. So sometimes uh, you may have to, for whatever reason, escort a vehicle across state lines and that kind of thing. Yeah, it just makes sense to have more reciprocal uh, agreements. Anyway, so we're going to continue here. We've got actually uh, Karen, who's in, uh, I guess, you're in Philadelphia. Are you, you're in Pennsylvania, Karen? Yeah, I'm in Pennsylvania. I live okay. about 30 miles outside of um, Philly. Gotcha. A town called Lovettown. And well, it's really it's really hard to get a permit out there in Philly. Um, whereas I'm in the suburbs, and I had to fill out one form, and I put three references down. One of which was like a 99 year old woman that I, that the only people I knew, <laughs> and she never got called. Mm-hmm. And I got my permit within three days. So they, they're really easy in the suburbs, but everyone knows you don't go to the city with a weapon. It's just like it's illegal. It's a different state. It's not even Pennsylvania when you go to Philly. Hmm. So if, if you have the license to carry concealed, 
you I mean I don't know what kind of license you have but if you have a license to carry concealed you wouldn't be I mean you'd be crazy to go to to Philadelphia with it yes huh. that's, that's exactly right um once I, I was at Philly oh man it was about three four months ago we were showing some people around the Liberty Bell mm-hmm. and I always carry I don't even think about it um so I, I was going in to go see the Liberty Bell and they were was looking to my purse, and what's really odd is they didn't find my weapon, but they found my mace, and hmm. the lady had to take it to her supervisor to see if it's okay I come in with mace to the Liberty Bell. They, they, they lost my weapon. They didn't see that at all. So well, it's, it's probably crazy. like they found the mace first, and then they were like, you know, uh-huh. they stopped looking. Yeah. We found no, something. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Just, I don't know, but I don't know. It was it was really weird. But no, and normally I won't even carry a weapon out there. Because you're worried that they will do something like they did to these guys, right? Where they're going to just yeah, and ignore their laws. Really crazy is I started listening to you guys about three, three and a half years ago. Hmm. And I, I first when I first um, listened to you guys, I thought that... You were, you know, a lot, little bit off on the deep end as far as conspiracy theories and top stories. And lo and behold, three years later, I'm like right there with you. So yeah. You know, well, we're not really a conspiracy. That's how it, that's show. How it was. For, well, I mean, like you tend it. Um, I think what she's trying to say is that uh, it's it's a view of the world. Like you know, hey, cops are overstepping their bounds. Mm-hmm. When I started yeah, doing this show, and government's bad was was what you thought. And yeah. I don't know. I just wasn't there yet. But sure, most people aren't. <laughs> my husband and I are now looking at property up in New Hampshire. Oh, that is awesome. so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Be glad to have you up here. So, uh, Mark, you saw, I thought you had another question. Yeah, when I, um, no, it was, it was a question, it was just a comment. When I oh, started okay. doing this show, I was, you know, very much the on board with the whole uh, police thing. Look, these guys are doing their best, and, and uh, yeah, sure, they, they step out of line sometimes, but that's what you, that's what you gotta have to have a free society. And it's just the, it's the amount of stories that I get on a daily basis that have essentially changed my mind to believe that, look, we got a lot of guys that just believe they can do whatever the heck they want out there. No doubt about it. Uh, do you have any other comments for us, Karen? No, that's all I thanks, have. Thanks for the call. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, so, Karen, afraid to even go into uh, the city of Philadelphia, despite the fact that she's a legal gun-carrying uh, woman there in uh, in Pennsylvania. It kind of reminds me, I mean, to a lesser extent, the same thing seems to happen here. If you look at the, the trouble that Manch, Manchester people experience versus Keene people, uh, in terms of carrying guns, Here in New it's, Hampshire, like, yeah. it's really been—it's always been a trivial thing to carry guns in Keene, but they've been challenged several times in Manchester, even though it's totally legal. Yeah, the, it's the one laws thing are no different. It's one know? thing that's never happened here in uh, in Keene is that uh, the cops in Keene have never stopped, at least that I know of, any liberty activists from you know and, and harassed them in any way, shape, or form for carrying. However, a, uh, a few days ago, there was a Pork Four One One that went out. That announced that Rich Paul was possibly uh, being arrested in the the city hall, and Rich Paul's kind of known. He's one of the activists here, uh, known for carrying around a uh, revolver with him openly at, at all times. And what had happened was he'd gone up to the the city. Uh, he's, he was in the city building, and he'd gone up to the. Uh, I guess he went to use the bathroom on the second floor, which is where the the courthouse or the the court is. But the court 
the second floor is shared by the court on one side, and then on the other side there are city offices. And so when you walk up the stairs and you go out into the you go into the bathrooms, you have not entered a secure area at that point. But the bailiffs it's very very close to a, con- uh, yeah, a secure right area, and and you can imagine how how this works. Like a guy who says I'm here to stop a guy whose assignment is stop. Weapons from coming past here could very, you know, over yeah. time. His, he saw uh, the gun. Right. It, it, you know, his, his radar reaction. just gets a little little farther out. He just moves his uh, purview out. They freaked out. They took Rich Paul into custody and they they disarmed him and they held him there while the police, uh, keen police were called. When the police came and figured out what went wrong, what had happened. Now, this is, you know, this isn't going to happen in many other places, uh, but uh, in here in Keene, they actually gave Rich his gun back. Uh, they, you know, set him loose, and they actually pulled him over and apparently apologized to him uh, privately, and they said, look, this, was, this is a training issue. These guys don't know what the heck they're doing. Basically, wow. the bailiffs the bailiffs. You know what? That, that's, uh, that thrills me. Just an apology. Not, 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 you know, not looking for, uh, you know, compensation or, you know, just, just apolo- just apologizing to me is just. I don't know if lot, it was an know, apology. I didn't you know. hear it, so I'm, I'm, I'm presuming well, it was. They a, did. A, that's a, pretty. That, you know, I don't know. Just, uh, you know, just stating that it was a mistake is yeah. really yeah, something stating it was true. a mistake. Acknowledging a mistake on the behalf of government right. would be like leaps and bounds ahead of what I'm used to. It's true. It's you pretty know? unheard of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there, that's been the that's the one incident, but it wasn't Keene Police that did that. I mean, it I don't want to imply state. that that's enough, and we can stop. You know, right. oh, okay, they no, said no, acknowledge clearly. a mistake, but I'm just saying that that's a, <laughs> that's that's you know unusual. Yeah. So uh, so it wasn't Keene PD; it was the stateies, the, uh, the you know the, the bailiffs, the the suit coat guys at the courtroom. Yeah. So eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Eddie listening in Ohio. Eddie, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hey, hey, Eddie. Whoa, hey guys. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Hey, I got. I'm gonna. Tell you a story, give you my opinion, and then I want your opinion. Okay. And it's about guns. All right, 1991, uh, two guys came into my house. I brandished my 12-gauge shotgun. I'm here to tell you I'm alive, and I didn't even have to sh- those guys. They just ran off. So just brandishing my weapons was That's enough. That's great. Well, a couple years later, um, I got into um, some trouble. But nothing major, but everything in Ohio is a felony now. Even your third DUI is a felony. So I am a convicted felon, and um, so now I'm not allowed to own a weapon. So if those same two guys were to come into my house now, I can't defend myself. I yeah. personally think anybody who commits any kind of crime, once they serve their time, they should be allowed to defend themselves. Sure, they should. Absolutely. And I, yeah, so I was wondering what your what's your opinion on that? Well, I'm a convicted felon, and um, I can tell you that it, it to me it's absolutely ridiculous. I understand why people say, oh, well, felons shouldn't have guns, especially violent felons, or at least felons that killed somebody or shot somebody or something. I can understand why they say it, because they're trying to solve a problem. But it's not the solution to the problem. All that does is keep people, who, violent felons, that uh, want to obey the law and want to be turning their the right lives around and making a change and becoming a different person. Uh, they should be able to carry whatever weapons they want. Thanks for the call, Eddie. Appreciate it. Hour 3 is on the way. Free Talk Live. John Dennis, an accomplished businessman and entrepreneur, has been a pro-liberty Republican for a quarter century. He's the new face of a new Republican Party, and he's running for congressman of California's 8th District. I'm John Dennis, and I support drastically cutting both taxes and spending, which will help repair our devastated economy. Abolishing spendthrift governmental money pits that fail to produce the desired results. Bringing our troops home to defend our country, not policing other countries around the world. And a return to personal responsibility 
accountability, self-ownership, and freedom of choice for all Americans. Something John doesn't approve of? Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> it's time for the Wicked Witch of the West to go away. Wipe the slate clean in California's 8th District in Washington in one blow. Contribute to the John Dennis for 2010 campaign at johndennis2010.com. I'm John Dennis, and I approve this ad. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. We've got news updates. You get signed up. And we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You can uh, get on our email updates list. You can follow our Facebook or Twitter. You can do it all over at news.freetalklive.com. And it's all totally free. News.freetalklive.com. The story that uh, we started last hour, for those of you just tuning in, is out of Philadelphia. Philly.com outlining nine separate incidents involving nine men uh, that... They didn't know each other, but they did learn about each other because one of them teaches uh, safety courses required for non-resident gun permits from other states, but not required by Pennsylvania. And uh, basically, these are nine men who were arrested because, well, the cops were scared. As the police officer spokes bureaucrat says here, officer's safety comes first and not infringing on people's rights comes second. So the translation of that is we can do whatever we want because we're scared. Your rights, screw them. Well, or at least they use the excuse of being scared. I don't think sure. for a second that these police were actually scared. I mean, police officers go all over America dealing with people who have concealed weapons, have weapons that they're open carrying, go into people's homes where there are weapons. The idea that somehow Philly cops are more scared than the rest of oh, the no, cops. Oh, no, they're all a bunch is, of scaredy cops, they're, apparently. No, they're... That's what they're, they want you to believe. Well, least. that's what they... Right. That's the excuse that's being yeah. used in order to uh, enforce arduous, unconstitutional laws right so it doesn't it didn't by the way the, the unconstitutional uh, epithet there that is something that i'm uh, placing on i'm just uh, I, I'm, I'm assessing it that way because actually they are constitutional the supreme court has said that uh, that these these cities can have certain uh, regiments for for yeah. enforcing these stupid laws so uh so basically these guys were arrested for following the law as in so many cases when uh when you and i the peons the serfs when we are out there trying uh, to, uh, to, to obey these laws, these arbitrary uh, statutes that are forced upon us, it doesn't matter what our interpretations are. What matters is what uh, they say, what they say and their interpretations are. So these guys, I believe they were following by the book, the letter of the law. I mean, a lot of the, lot of the gun guys, if you get into the, you know, if you, if you know gun people, a lot of them are really into knowing everything about the permitting process sure. and the law and this and that because they want to make sure that if it comes up against you know they come up against a cop that's wondering about their permit and etc they want to be uh, they want to seem like they're educated they want to seem like they know their stuff and in these cases these guys knew more about the law than the cops did but it didn't stop the police from uh, from arresting them. Uh, Oliver, who's 42 of Northeast Philadelphia, was uh, had res- non-resident permits from three states and a license, uh, I guess an Act 235 license, which is the Lethal Weapons Training Act in Pennsylvania. 
So he had all kinds of government papers. Was driving to his job as a security guard when police pulled over his car for allegedly running a stop sign in West Philadelphia. He said that police didn't honor any of his permits and held him in custody for 18 hours, forcing him to stand outside for four hours in the middle of winter. Oh, my God. And denying him his diabetes medication. His ordeal eventually landed him in Mercy Philadelphia Hospital at 54th Street and wherever in West Philly, where before he was booked on firearms charges and held on $15,000 bail, according to court records. In less than a month, his case was withdrawn by the district attorney's office, and a week later, his gun was returned on a judge's order. Amazing. Later, it's, he's the only one only of these one of nine, nine guys that has had a weapon returned. Uh, later, Oliver obtained a Philadelphia permit to carry as the owner of Parapet Group, a protection and security company. Oliver continues to teach the safety courses though charges were draw withdrawn he they're still visible on oliver's online court record he said the city offered him a seventy five hundred dollars settlement which he rejected he said if ignorance of the law is not an excuse for a citizen it cannot be an excuse for law enforcement who are sworn to enforce the law oh but if only that were the case and of course the the phrase ignorance of the law is no excuse actually as i understand it originated from back in the day when the, the the law essentially was natural law, the the law was that you do no harm to others, you honor your agreements, and there there's no reason, there's no excuse to be ignorant of don't hurt other people, right? There's no excuse to be ignorant of that one. But the idea that you shouldn't be ignorant of the rest of the government's laws, of all these statutes and yeah. ordinances. Millions of words of it's laws. It's impossible not to be ignorant of them. Right. Uh, we've, we've read uh, um, on, on the air before, uh, you know, somebody's article talking about how many laws there are in the United States and, and basically pointing out that it would take four lifetimes to, uh, to, to be able to read the laws that uh, are in all the states, all the municipalities. Uh, and even in, if you did, remembering them would be ridiculous. Right. How I mean, so, but if you can't even, if, you, if it takes four lifetimes just to read them once, how can you possibly be held responsible for them? It's, well, the cops don't know it, and, but the, the, thing, the difference is, is when cops enforce some imaginary law, some fake law that they've made up in their own brains, there's no punishment for that. There's no uh, responsibility. Mm -hmm. So the people that are supposed to be uh, enforcing the laws have no responsibility for properly enforcing the laws. If I were to do my job and do it, it you know, poorly, I have responsibility for it. They don't have responsibility for it. Why in the world would we, would we allow this kind of governance to be had over us? But we do. And we say, oh my God, you can't have cops being punished and for doing their job poorly another story here's uh, randy huggins 39 of west philly on election day november of 08 huggins who just finished clerking at the polls at 64th and wherever went into his mother's house to get his gun at the polls after the polls closed he was stopped with the gun and questioned by police who overheard him on his phone trying to quell a family member's fears that he'd been the victim of a murder he said Huggins said that police did not honor either of his non-resident permits and that he subsequently spent 14 hours in custody. Huggins, a diabetic, said that he was handcuffed to a bed at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Center City after his blood pressure skyrocketed. He said that he then was interrogated by homicide detectives for hours before he was released without being charged with a crime. Despite numerous attempts, Huggins said he was unable to retrieve either his gun or or his permits. The city has offered him a $3,500 settlement, which he has rejected. 
Now, I don't. I presume that means they're rejecting them in hopes of some sort of a lawsuit where they could maybe. Well, get I think more. he wants his guns and his permits too. Those permits, likely uh, the gun, you know, new weapon, eight hundred to fifteen hundred dollars. They're not um, cheap, uh, but, right? And so then the permitting process, all that time and energy that goes into them, mm-hmm. I, 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 the money that that you have to pay for them, this thirty five hundred dollars that may cover that, but you know, why should he do that? He said the, uh, excuse me, so uh, interrogated for hours, released without even being charged with a crime. I mean, this man was kidnapped, harassed, uh, threatened, and held in essentially diabetic shock, uh, and... (laughs) And nothing happens to these people. These detectives, the the man that arrested him, nothing happens to them. There's no accountability whatsoever. And I and I can't say that I'm real optimistic. It's, it's possible he'll be able to win a lawsuit or something, but I can't say I'm real optimistic because you know he's he's going to have to he's going to have to fight in a game where the referee is also the opposing yep. team's yep. coach. And they'll just say <laughs> that the cops were uh, were you know that the cops were doing what they thought they they were supposed to. They were doing they weren't. They, were, they didn't mean to do anything wrong. I mean, they're, they're just doing their jobs. Well, um, you know, that, that excuse is out the window when they won't give the guy his gun back or his permits. If the officers really were, oh, just being good little guys that were investigating the murder. And I understand, you yeah. know, somebody talking, walking down the street talking about a murder has a gun on him. Hey, you know, maybe this is something to check out. But, you know, once you find out that you are wrong, give the guy his gun back so he can protect himself and his family. You know what? These police will never be held responsible for is if somebody breaks into this guy's house tonight and he doesn't have his weapon and they kill his kids or something like that these cops don't bear any onus you can believe if somebody breaks in these cops house they've got a gun ready to take care of the problem and nobody they are an a eye. different class of citizen yeah. people. And, and they would, are better than you, and they know it, and they're treated that way. And nobody would bat an eye if a cop had somebody break into his house and he blew the guy away. Oh, well, he's a law enforcement officer. Of course he knew what he was doing there. But if you shoot somebody that comes into your house, and all of a sudden there are all these questions, and there's an investigation, investigation. and possibly criminal charges drawn up against you. I'm not saying that shooting somebody who's breaking in your house is necessarily the best solution. Um, you know, just get, catch them right there when they're coming in the window or something. But, you know, it, it's, it just goes to show that they're a different class of citizen than you and a, and a higher class of citizen. Yep, 800-259-9231. Tell your story of uh, harassment by the police for uh, carrying a weapon if you've got one or bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those, including our webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact. We've got our chat room built into the very same page with the webcam, so head over, enjoy it all, free at 
cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. Memorydealers.com brings you that cam, and they are your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, but, you know, not everybody needs an optical transceiver. They also offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. Go check them out. It's memorydealers.com. All right, just uh, sharing some more of the stories here from the nine men that were arrested in Philadelphia because, well, the cops felt like it. Uh, the cops uh, were, they just wanted to arrest some guys. Uh, apparently, I don't know if they're all black guys, but there's a picture of four of the four of the nine here, and they're all black. Suspiciously black. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, many of them are actually professionals. They are security professionals. It's their job to have a gun on them. And the cops in Philadelphia disarmed them. In some cases, one man's case uh, made him stand outside in the wintertime for four hours. I don't know about you, but I couldn't handle that. I mean, that's I get cold real quick when it's cold outside. And uh, standing outside for that long, that's that's torture, in my opinion. That's, I would agree with you that it is torture. It's, it's low-level torture. It's not like yeah. taking uh, uh, bolt cutters to your fingers or anything like that, but it's, it's torture. Uh, so, yeah, and then uh, taking him into custody for uh, 18 hours, another guy handcuffed to a bed in a, in a hospital because he was uh, in a, di- I think, you know, diabetic state that uh, the cops didn't care. They didn't want to let him access his medicine. Just, just horrible stuff. Uh, more stories here from Philly.com. James Gaines, 32, uh, in a- in, from Oxford Circle. In April, Gaines, who has a permit to carry a concealed weapon in Philadelphia and is also an act 235 agent this is one of their uh, their laws up there in uh, in Pennsylvania that is i guess something that uh, the, the lethal weapons training act it has to do with security officers Gaines, who was in uniform as a security guard at the time, said police took his handgun from his holster and took a shotgun that he'd hidden behind the bar in which he was uh, working, the Comfort Zone Lounge in West Philly. This is when the police were raiding the bar. Uh, the the police, uh, apparently he was not arrested or charged with a gun crime, but the cops decided they were going to keep his shotgun. Uh, he still has both his Philadelphia permit and his Act 235 license, but the shotgun has never been returned. Gaines said, this is the first time I had negative issues with the Philly Police Department, adding that as a security guard, he's turned over numerous illegal weapons to the police. Samuel Tiru, 28, of North Philly, said during a car stop in his 2008 or in 2008 in North Philly, he said an officer returned referred to his Florida gun permit as baloney. He said that he subsequently was taken into custody, held for 18 hours, and booked on firearms charges. That case was later withdrawn by the DA's office, according to court records. But Taru said he's been unable to get his gun back, and police told him, We can't find your property receipt. So it's as good as gone, basically. Oops. We'd, we done lost your gun there, sir. Sorry. So he doesn't get a receipt for the property? Usually you get a receipt yourself for the property, too. I, mean, I don't know idea, about at least. that. Teru said it was not fun sitting in jail for something you didn't do wrong. It wasn't a good experience knowing you got booked for having a gun permit. John Solomon of Germantown, had been both a Florida gun permit holder and an Act 235 license holder, said cops didn't honor either document during a car stop in 2008. And Act 235 is a Pennsylvania uh, yeah. permit that's their law all right he said that he was taken into custody for six hours but was never charged with a crime solomon said there is no crime right he was unable not to get that'll his stop them gun back and was not given a property receipt 
Frank Walker, 37, of West Philly, said he uh, said that police didn't honor his Virginia non-resident gun permit when they stopped his car in July in West Philly. He said that he was held in custody for four hours, then was let go without being charged with a crime. Walker said that although a supervisor apologized to him, which is fairly unusual when it comes to the police. They didn't give his gun back. He was told his weapon would not be returned because the police, quote, already went through the paperwork of writing it up. He said, I feel sorry, as th- we already wrote it up. Yep, I feel as though I've been robbed because if I go out there and I take something from somebody, I'm going to jail. But I want to know why they can just take my gun for no reason. They're the cops and you're not. Yeah, let me answer that question because you can't do anything about it and they know it. Because if you decide you get upset that they've taken your gun, what are you going to do? You can pound your fists, and you can stomp your feet, and you can write a letter to the editor, and you can call the local TV station and call the local radio station. You can tell everybody about how corrupt the cops in Philly are, as though they don't already know. As though everybody who's in a a lower uh, quality, lower uh, class neighborhood, if you want to use that term, because they don't mess with people in the gated communities. Everybody that's in uh, the lower areas of uh, Philly don't already know that the cops are scumbags and they're corrupt. So you could spread the word that the cops are corrupt, but what's that going to do? Nothing. Because it's not going to stop the cops from being bad guys. It's not going to stop the cops from stealing things from people. It's not going to stop them from waylaying people. It's not going to stop them from murdering people and getting away with it. Nothing can stop them. Nothing. What can be done? What can you do if you live in Philadelphia or New York City or Baltimore or uh, L.A. about this? I mean, best thing you can do, video cameras. Okay. What's that going to do? Well, you can put it online and it just shows people that sure, much more Sure, but they already the know. They already know. I don't think that... No, people, they don't. If you talk to people about uh, abuses from police officers, they don't all know. Go to the ghetto and, and find well, out if that's yeah, true. Yeah, it's not about the... But nobody cares what people in the ghetto think. Well, I that's do. That's why they have a ghetto. Well, I care what people think, but I, I'm I, telling I, you that you, you can show these people all the evidence you want. In San Francisco, you've got a cop that murders an, uh, another man. The BART cop shoots a, shoots a guy in the back of the head... As they've got him handcuffed on the ground. There's a lot of classism going on there that people don't care because it's mostly the people in those lower class neighborhoods that are having all the problems with the police. Oh, sure. So the middle class folks. Yeah, they they feel more accountable to the middle class folks and and, and higher. And there's some people that, you know, have some pull in government, perhaps. But nothing's going to change. Spread the word. Put the videos out. I don't know, Mark. I just maybe I'm pessimistic, but I just don't see no matter how many videos come out in Philadelphia uh, that anything's going to change. Yeah, something will change. Certainly there's a there's a crest. There's some point. I mean, I'm not I don't think that's the best solution necessarily, but it is the it, it it's some of the only solutions that people have. I think that the well armed person today um, needs a, a video camera as opposed to a to a gun. Well, I agree with you. I think that having a video camera is a good idea. I think that it can't hurt to put those things out there. It's going to lead people to uh, to realizing who maybe haven't realized these things in the past what the, what's really going on. Yep. But I, you know, I just don't feel like anything's going to change in the big cities. I mean, the government just keeps getting worse there. It just keeps getting bigger. If anything's going to change, it's going to be because of New Hampshire. It's going to be the the Free State Project, getting liberty-minded people together to actually make a difference and actually step up and do something about this. Because bitching and moaning hasn't done a thing. And nobody's going to stop paying property taxes, right? I mean, that's that's not even on the horizon here in New Hampshire. It certainly isn't going to happen in Philly or other places. I would love to be proven wrong. I'd love to have, you know, some sort of uh, just spontaneous evolution come up in a city where all of a sudden people are able to hold these people responsible and accountable and uh, and stop this nonsense. I would love to be shown, yeah, Ian, you were wrong about this. I'd eat my shoe. Well, 
It's tough to eat a shoe, but well, uh, right. I, I think taking video, some uh, video is the best thing you can do. Yeah. There's uh, choices with uh, Quick.com. You can have it on your, your cell phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the FreedomCam.net has opportunities to have sur- surreptitious uh, video cameras, and I think that these are the best choices that somebody has. They're not great choices, I'll admit. And it won't the stop ones. them from taking your gun and keeping it either. None of that will stop them from doing whatever they want to do to you. More coming up. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Now, I'm not here to tell you the verbal surgery changed my life. I'm not here to tell you that because it didn't change. Well, it might have changed my life a little bit because verbal surgery is a very powerful thing, very powerful thing, you see, my friends. Because when you listen to verbal surgery, that podcast, it kind of gets under your skin. You just don't know quite where it's coming from, but you feel better. You feel kind of tingly and happy all over because this podcast is something special. I'm telling you, special, don't you know? So get on over there to verbalsurgery.com, friend. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there. They're completely free uh, for you, including... Our listening options, news updates, trying to female listeners, and more. If you want to help support the show, there are ways to do it. Uh, one of those ways is by going to promote.freetalklive.com to get a whole list of things that you can do to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations, thereby uh, spreading the message of freedom as far and as wide as possible. And, of course, also getting uh, more Internet listeners on board as well. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Now, what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were actually moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? Well, I did, and you can be a part of it. It's happening now. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Hundreds of people have already made the move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, and thousands are pledged to make that move. Over 10,000 already signed up. Uh, We want to get to at least 20,000, so we could use your help. Go to freestateproject.org. As uh, we continue here with a series of stories that they all they all ring a little bit familiar uh, familiar because the Philadelphia cops are apparently arresting anybody they get the chance when they spot somebody carrying a gun, which probably isn't too often. Uh, people who've been carrying guns legally in Philadelphia arrested, even though they, some of them have multiple permits from multiple states. They're showing these cops all their permits. They've got the, the Pennsylvania uh, pr- private security carrying permit. They've got, uh, they've got the Philly permits. They've got Florida. They've got this other guy here has got a New Hampshire permit. And it doesn't matter. The cops arrest them in some cases. Some cases they don't charge them. They, in almost all of the cases, like 90% of them, took, uh, took the guns from the men and never returned them. In many, uh, many cases saying, oops, we, we lost the property receipt. Guess you don't get your shotgun back. Uh, and so they, they just hold on to the guns. So, you know, it could very well be that uh, the cop sees a gun he likes, decides to take it. That could be just what this is all about. It doesn't seem likely, but, uh, you know. <laughs> well, if they don't charge you with something and they don't give you a property receipt, there's no paper trail. Mm, indeed. So that's a cop stealing your gun in that particular case. Yep. Ron Frierson, 57 of Winfield. It's not called stealing when they do it. That's right. <laughs> Uh, he says, uh, or excuse me, Frierson was carried in nine, uh, 2009, was carrying a concealed weapon using a Florida permit, was pulled over for driving under the influence in West Philly. He was later charged and opted into a first-time offenders program for possession of marijuana and DUI, according to court records. He was not charged with a gun crime. He said he was not able to get his weapon back or get a property receipt. 
He said that he signed off on a $5,000 settlement from the city, but he has not yet received the money. Ross Tefsta Ferguson, 27, of Montgomery County in Winecoat, or Winecoat, Winecoat, Montgomery County, Ferguson, who has a gun permit from Montgomery County and permits from Florida and New Hampshire, said that in 08, he was outside of a house in the uh, somewhere northeast Philadelphia when police decided, rather descended, on the block. He said that cops did not honor any of his permits and charged him with possessing firearms not to be carried without a license and related gun crimes. Online court records show that Ferguson was also charged with burglary and simple assault in the case, but all of the charges were later withdrawn. Ferguson said his gun and permits were confiscated. He said that he never got his gun back, although he was able to get his permit renewed from Montgomery County, as though it did him any good. Uh, Montgomery County, he says, is used to gun permits. Philadelphia acts like you broke the law. Kenneth Sharper, 29, of North Philly, who has an Act 235 license and a Philly gun permit, says he was working security in 08 at the Players Club in Northeast Philly when he and a police... Oh my. Oh my! I just the Players Club. I don't know. It's That's a, what Telly Savalas used to uh, used to do ads for, right? I would suspect. Yeah, what Players a name, Club though, is huh? a that's a club for people that uh, that that play games in Las Vegas. There's uh, there's I think there's a strip club. Uh, it's, movie but what a name, right? Players Club. <laughs> Players. Well, in Northeast Philly, he had uh, he and a police officer had words like two grown men. After closing time, Sharper said police arrested him for disorderly conduct and public intoxication and took him into custody. Sharper said that he never drinks at work and that cops refused to give him a sobriety or blood test. So we're just going to say you're public intoxicated. Hey, look, you talked nasty to one of our brethren. Mm-hmm. He said that can't, he was, can't say something mean to the guys in the club. He said he was held for eight hours, and the police took his gun and Philadelphia permit and have not returned them. He now carries a Florida non-resident permit and still has a valid Act 235 license. Many of the men whose guns were taken said they were told to write a letter to the police commissioner to seek the return <laughs> of their firearm. Two of the men wrote letters, but they said they received no response. Guy Sicola, a defense lawyer whose firm is handling at least 10 such civil suits, said the men should not have been separated from their legally possessed firearms. He said that even though some officers may not like the loophole, their disdain for the law should not allow them to circumvent it. But it does, because there hasn't been any consequences for them. These guys aren't thugs. They're going about their business, going to work, and they've complied with the law, he said of the men whose guns were confiscated. If the bottom line is the police are upset because they're going around them, it's okay if they want to This guy saying that uh, these guys aren't thugs just suggests that uh, if if you can paint somebody as a thug, then you can take their weapon, Mm -hmm. and that's the problem. Look, we have charges for people that commit crimes with guns we should use those charges the idea that you should be able to arrest somebody and hassle them simply because they have a weapon is fallacious if they're too dangerous to have a weapon they're too dangerous to be on the streets because they can get a weapon anytime they want these crimes only prevent people that are trying to go about the way uh, you know illegal fashion having a weapon there, there's this notion in, in the mindset of that gun control, that gun control mindset is that the gun itself, like, will cause you to do something you might not otherwise <laughs> have done because it's so, you know, it's easier and it's really practical or, you know, there's this notion that, like, you could get into a heated argument and just, because you've got that gun ready and handy and right on you, it's so practical and convenient, you're just going to whip it out and just, like, shoot someone with it because you're really in a heated argument. And I'm like, wow, I can't recall, it, you know, being, you know, that... <laughs> That angry in someone yeah. with someone that I would have whipped out my gun and shot him. I mean, I don't know. 
But that's the idea is that guns making you – the gun itself is somehow inspiring you to be more evil. Well, you know, I, I guess still that doesn't matter to me. Uh, I, I haven't been in a, a situation in my life where a gun would have put me in a better circumstance. I me neither. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not my thing. But that doesn't change the fact that if somebody decides that a gun's the best thing to do, to carry, and they decide to solve a problem they shouldn't have solved with a weapon, we have charges for that, too. If they do get out of hand, if the gun makes is just too easy for them to handle, then, um, you know, they should have to pay the price for it the fact is having liquor makes it easier for you to drink and drive well see but this is, this is that's true i mean the the, the, the the attempt the of course the attempt here is to like cut this stuff off before it happens like oh yeah. no, we got to keep them away from the guns before they can kill someone and it's it's just an i mean it's an absurd premise the type of police state we'd have to have to prevent all kinds of crime from happening they're working it's on ridiculous. it they are working on it and uh and again it gets back to this it's the opposite of that whole mentality of of you know the, you know, again, the, the slogan that you hear that I've heard a lot. I don't know. Maybe it's not as popular as I thought, but that whole slogan of, you know, it's better to free ten guilty men than to, or a hundred guilty men than to jail one, one innocent one. But we have a society that's built on the idea of like, well, it's better to jail a hundred innocent men's men to prevent one crime from happening. And that's what you're doing is you're taking a hundred innocent people who carry guns only for self-defense probably will never use them you're committing frankly. a crime against them yeah they're people. probably never going to use them they're probably never going to draw it at most it's going to be like act like a deterrent just because it's there uh, well, the crime uh, you know, is putting them in jail yeah you're putting them in jail you're making criminals out and you're you're jailing innocent people to maybe prevent one crime and it's really it's really failing to acknowledge that you're doing harm right uh, you know this is totally acknowledging all the harm that's being done this is a bad this is a bad deal you know, maybe you prevented one crime by jailing 100 people who were carrying guns. But, but you've that... committed 100 crimes by right. jailing you 100 co- people. You committed 100 crimes to prevent one crime. Right. That's retarded. The suggestion is is that uh, because the government got together and made these rules that they can't commit crimes. And it's a stupid suggestion. There have been criminal governments all over the world. And it's They're all just, criminals. It's, it's people with red, white, and blue glasses on that don't mm. realize that we can have criminal governments here. This is a criminal act. Telling people that they can't carry weapons to prevent uh, to, to defend themselves and to prevent crimes against their families is criminal well, suggesting that criminal. a convicted felon should not be able to have a weapon is a crime it should well not the suggestion but preventing a convicted felon from having a weapon is a crime government, and the suggestion is a suggestion for a crime government is always criminal because it operates by coercive force it's always threatening people with violence in order to get its way more coming up this is free talk live We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves in these remaining moments. Enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The place to go. Features there free. Uh, head over, enjoy them on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So how would you like to get a uh, Republican in that would replace Nancy Pelosi that is against bailouts, against the Federal Reserve, uh, against the wars all over the world uh, for bringing the troops back to the United States uh, for liberty, for privacy, against uh, government debt, against taxes. How can he be a Republican if that's all true? Well, yeah, I got to run as something. 
Yeah, it's true. So how would you like to get that guy elected? A guy who has a chance, a guy who has already beaten the establishment Republican in San Francisco, the only the neocon. Of, he beat the neocon. The, the neocon. Um, well, that's what I mean by establishment. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the only kind of Republican that could possibly win in, in the, the place that is San Francisco. How would you like that? There's a real chance of that happening. And it, it's, it has a better chance of it happening if you go to John Dennis. 2010.com and donate like I have. He's uh he's you know he's he's beaten his record his numbers his goals here as far as donations and uh, the more money the more likely Nancy Pelosi isn't even campaigning. This guy isn't on her radar. She doesn't believe for a second she can lose to this guy. It's John Dennis 2010.com. Let's go to your phone calls. Andrew's in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andrew. Greetings, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I just wanted to touch on the um, Adam and Pete's uh, video from uh, the uh, Safeco field uh, arrest in uh, Denver where they videotaped uh, a sergeant and I believe two other uh, officers who uh, ended up uh, participating in their arrest because they just wanted to hand over their papers uh, when they were asked by the uh, cops to do so. Yeah, the cops demanded identification uh, on the flimsiest of pretenses, and when asked for justification, when asked to, to see the, the law, when asked to at least have them cite what their their own laws were, as far as what justified them demanding uh, their ID, they refused to and arrested Adam and Pete from LibertyOnTour.com. Folks can go and see the video of the of what happened there. Your thoughts? Yeah, and, and some insight into that. I mean, it demonstrates the problem with the fact that, well, the police you know, know that they're going to be able to get away with it to a certain point. They know that, well, we have to we have to build a little bit of legal justification for what we're doing because, you know, otherwise, you know, we'll be called on the carpet. So as, as long as we can say, well, you know, they, they might be have given it to minors and they won't tell us who they are, you know, and, you know, we're making, you know, 40 plus dollars an hour to just stand around here and, you know, keep the peace at, you know, the field, mm-hmm. you know, these guys come in and say, well, we're not going to show you, you know, our papers. They're, they're throwing up, and the fact that they videotaped it, you know, shows to the police that, you know, well, they have a problem that they have to deal with. And the simplest, you know, solution for them is to do what they normally do and just throw cuffs on people and, you know, trump up some charges. Pretty much. Yeah, that, that about sums it up. As we've pointed out here tonight, with all the cops confiscating people's guns and, and having no consequences for it, same thing with these guys at Denver. Uh, if they turn out that they uh, the, these charges don't stick, or they, which I think they probably will, and they'll be found guilty, but uh, even if it turns out they drop the charges, nothing happens to the cops. It's no skin off their backs. Well, right, because, I mean, they pretty much know at this point that uh, they're from uh, New Hampshire, that they're touring around, that they probably won't put in a a significant legal challenge. And, you know, it's time and money. The cops know this. So they just, you know, they have to build up enough so they can, you know, kind of seal the deal uh, so that, you know, they don't get called onto the carpet because they know that, you know, their own department will protect them to a certain degree. And just the system, how it's set up, will, you know, insulate them from, you know, personal responsibility. Um, what, one of the telling points in, in that video was the end, I don't know if you call it because it's after kind of the credits, um, the end of the uh, edited YouTube video that they put out. Uh, you, I think it's the two cops, and not the sergeant, but the two cops who were holding the video camera. Um, you have a conversation between them. The one goes to the other one. He says, hey, uh, why are we seizing this as evidence? And the other cop goes, I don't know. Yep. <laughs> Because, you know, their, their sergeant probably told them, hey, we, we need to see this as evidence. 
And there's probably no conversation of, you know, hey, you know, why, you know, why right. are we There's doing no justification this? necessary. They don't need to, the, uh, the sergeant doesn't need to tell them why. He just issues the order and they follow him the unquestioning, unquestioningly. Right. And, and it, it also demonstrates that, you know, obviously they don't want to, you know, run afoul of the, uh, the sergeant because, you know, they're going to get in more hot water than that sergeant would for the situation. And they know that, you know, they're going to receive, you know, uh, you know, internal uh, attention. Yeah. You know, if they if they step out of line, and, and that's you know pretty much what Adam and Pete did is they they stepped out of line, and the, the sergeant purely demonstrated it by saying, "Well, you 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 know that you you put me in this position where you know I had to arrest you," which is not true because you know the cops a lot of times will justify you know their behavior by saying, "Well, we have an obligation to do this. We mm-hmm. have to do this." It's an excuse. It's, yeah, it, it, it's a, an excuse, and it's kind of been beaten into them that they can't just, you know, think for themselves well, um, and show well, off. Well, the, now they know they can use discretion because they use discretion on a regular basis. It's just that what would it look like if this big tough sergeant walks up to uh, Adam and Pete and says, "I need to see your identification." And Adam and Pete ask why, and they don't want to give it over right away. And then the, the sergeant, he's made a stand, right? The sergeant right. has made, yeah. he's jumped into this situation, and he's got his officers and other people standing around watching him be Mr. Tough Guy. Yeah, he could choose to turn around and walk away at any point, but then he won't look like the big badass sergeant anymore, right? So, uh, so he's got a, a certain incentive uh, to continue on with this madness. Right, and that's that's the problem with their training and the, the the quality of people that they hire and retain. Is this guy has likely you know been on the force a while, and you know he obviously you know I'm going to jump to the conclusion and say he's not not that intelligent. Probably doesn't have a college degree just by the way he was talking to them yeah. and his poor grammar. You know you com- you combine those things together, and you know it's a recipe for disaster because. He's not like, you know, a, you know, a thoughtful person who has critical thinking skills, who can, who has been trained properly and has certain expectations on him that, you know, say an officer goes in there and says, hey, you know, we have this complaint by the alcohol control people saying that you were giving, you know, alcohol to people and they might be minors and have a conversation with it where they don't put themselves in the position where they're going to look bad. Yeah, right off because, the, instead of right off the bat, what he does is just come in, starts making demands. There, there are departments around the nation that give IQ tests, and if you're too smart, right. you don't get hired. They don't I want mean, there the people. lawsuits based on this. Right, they don't want now, officers. I'm not saying that every cop and every department um, is, you no. know, it, it is looking, not every department's looking for dum-dums, and not every cop is a dum-dum, but, but the, there are could, certainly departments that are looking for dum-dums. But if you're hiring smart people, then the smart people are more likely to you know, question orders, question bad orders, and Whoa, things like that. Doesn't sound right. Right? They <laughs> yeah. don't want that. They want unquestioning drones who will go ahead and enforce whatever it is they're told to do. Not all departments, but in some, yeah. Well, and in most departments, uh, you know, want people to work in in lockstep, and you know, a place like a place like Denver, they're going to want that more than another, you know, a smaller department because a smaller department is a lot easier to control the officers. You know, you have ten to twelve officers. It's pretty easy to you know, you know. Put the thumb, you know, the screws to them. Whereas, if you have a hundred, you know, hundred officers, you know, on, you know, a certain section of the beat in, you know, one particular city, it's a lot harder for the city management to kind of control them unless they use other techniques to get officers that they want 
to act a certain way when, you know, when presented with certain situations. This uh, Denver Police Department is the uh, same department that I think it was 2008 uh, with, the, with the Democratic National Convention. Maybe I'm wrong on the number. Was this but, the Beat the Crowds department? Yeah, this is the I department that, that. Uh, we get up early to beat the crowds. They um, made a shirt. Yeah, they the had police. A t- right. The, the oh, union God. had the, the shirt that had a guy with a billy club on it with a glowering... Uh, a sadistic looking dude. Right. Yeah. I mean, a, a threatening looking dude in a, in a cop uniform that says, we get up early to beat the crowds. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I mean, it, you know, it's a funny well, yeah. pun. Yeah, because, if- I mean, they want to bring back the uh, the 1968, uh, you know, uh, De- Democratic National Convention riots where they, you know, where it was, you know, pretty much, you know, okay for the cops to do that because, well, that was before, you know, uh, video cameras that uh, citizens have. Yep. And, you know, they're put, put in a situation now, and, and that's why a lot of departments, you know, have to, you know, go back and retrain their officers to, you know, leave people with video cameras alone. You know, some some just pretty much take the legal, you know, you know, side route of saying, well, it's completely legal for us to act the way we are by obfuscating, you know, cameras on our uh, public officials. But most, you know, a lot of departments are saying, hey, you know, you know, this whole camera thing and you being videotaped, don't mess with that because we're going to look bad. So, you know, if you have nothing to hide, you know, you should pretty much just let it, you know, let it go and just, you know, act accordingly. Andrew, as always, thanks for the thoughts and the input here tonight. Tonight, it's been Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. I want to remind you that antiwar.com is your source for anti-war news and views for 15 years. It's uh, They're right now having a quarterly pledge drive. You can strike a blow against the empire and give to antiwar.com. Antiwar.com slash donate. Or you can call Angela at 323-512-7095, 323-512-7095. That's antiwar.com slash donate. That message is brought to you by uh, the great Osborno, who is uh, right now driving to New Hampshire and, well, looking for houses. We'll see you tomorrow night for the Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. Freetalklive.com. You've got the world's greatest Labor Day barbecue set to go. And then you run out of gas. Don't risk running empty. Change cylinders quick and easy with Amerigas. Visit Amerigas.com slash radio and enter your zip code to find one of 27,000 locations near you. And while you're there, print out the $5 rebate coupon. That'll buy another steak. Keep the grill fired up. Visit Amerigas.com slash radio.